Welcome, everybody, to Biblical Brainstorm, the Seth and Chandler podcast. We are coming to you live from Jacksonville, Florida, but not just Jacksonville, Dallas, Texas. And uh, or technically outside of Dallas, but yes, right outside Dallas, yeah, yeah. similar similar area. Dallas sounds better, (laughs) Waxahachie, and then same. I'm right outside of Jacksonville, too, so I'm not actually in Jacksonville, but you know, yeah, people probably never heard of McClenny and Waxahachie, so right, yeah, just Dallas, the secret secret location, the undisclosed bunker, (laughs) yeah, somewhere near the big city. Well, thank you guys for joining us today. Um, you can probably, if you're watching us, you can see on the screen, I'm Seth, this is my man Chandler. Yeah. If you're listening to us, uh, now you know the distinction between our voices. But uh, Thank you guys for joining us. This is our second episode, and we are finally digging into some really good content. Uh, I know Absolutely. you saw the uh, title was The Second Power in Heaven. You're probably wondering what that is, and you came to the right place to find yeah, out. So no Trinitarianism, as we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about. Um, so, also, if it's a little glitchy, I apologize. I'm using campus Wi-Fi, um, so just you know, we're praying it works well. <laughs> so, the devil is a liar. <laughs> indeed. You so, doing all right, man? What you been? Up oh to? yeah, yeah. I'm finally out of the dark ages. Um, you know, as you can see, I have light now. I have a microphone hooked up, so now it's not like you know. We I got some of them ep- bugs worked out. <laughs> yeah, the first episode was you know I was yeah I was struggling here. It, yeah. You know, we you found were it. in 2020, well, 2021, and I was in, uh, I don't know, somewhere in 1840s. <laughs> Antebellum area. Right. <laughs> right before the Civil War. Right, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, we got uh, some of them books worked out, and shout out to uh, Mr. Maynard, uh, your father, for helping us out and helping you out with getting some of our bugs worked out, so you the man, oh, yeah. Sean. Yeah, he got he got, actually got the light, so thank you, uh, yeah. for the light. <laughs> we <laughs> now, thank now our you father. Can see me, you know, <laughs> I don't mind being, you know, not having my face displayed so brightly, but you know, I know that helps with presentations. Oh yeah, so, we looking right. good now. Yeah, I now also we just got to get the good. Oh no, I've also brought for this episode this T-shirt. I don't know if you guys can see. This is old school. You will receive power. Uh, this is from any of you guys from Gainesville or greenhouse old sweat youth uh sweat youth group um also you guys can comment on here so feel free to to comment we'll see it and we can also pull it up you know if you want to um but yeah this was 2008 i uh you know i guess i was in sixth grade yeah i came right into the youth group and went to this uh i guess conference can like retreat i guess you would say um, yeah what, what do you guys call it like those events weekend retreats just that um pretty much same thing a conference uh revival yeah weekend retreat thing. yeah for retreat the works. uh and it was all about uh the holy spirit you will receive power um so yeah and and this and the topic of this episode he would technically be the third power of the trinity so if you guys were really confused about the whole title of the second power in heaven uh this is just talking about jesus so we're leading straight into easter um, and you'll kind of understand like where we're going with the whole messianic prophecies, um, you know, the second power in heaven, Jesus kind of stuff. So we're going to go through yeah. a lot of scripture references today. This is going to put the biblical and our biblical brainstorm, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, we're putting gonna, the Bible in biblical. Yeah. I made sure I have my notes right here because there's, you know, to make sure I, I stay on track here. Cause I think we have, we have quite a bit of verses we're going through. So have your Bibles ready. I'll have some of them yes. put, put on this 
stream here that you can see some of the, especially New Testament and smaller verses, but some of the bigger mm -hmm. ones, feel free to get your Bible out and follow along with us. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you have anything else or do you want to just jump right in? Oh, uh, I'm ready if you're ready, man. Okay. Real quick also, uh, and I'll, this is a good plug for this one. Our first okay. episode, uh, if you can see the ticker there, Patrick and the Burning Bush, that one is on Spotify now. So I took a, took a second to, uh, you know, work out the kinks on that, but it is now on Spotify and I believe Google Podcasts as well. So you guys can go check out that one. Uh, again, it's our first episode. Yeah. Kind of, you know, there's definitely, uh, it's, there's some it's, bugs. Yeah. It's rough a little bit, yeah. uh, especially at the beginning, but it was mostly just vision casting. And then at the end, we covered right. some content. Probably last, what did you say, 45 minutes of it? We, yeah. I think the last 30, 45 minutes, we really, uh, got into the fun stuff and uh yeah so that if, not I, the if, you, if you don't not yeah. <laughs> if you guys don't want to hear the vision casting or the shout outs and all that Intro kind of stuff just skip to the end but hopefully you'll listen to the whole thing and bear with us on the bad audio visual you know yeah. working out the kinks and get to know us a little bit and yeah, get the to know the podcast really just on my end this has you know so <laughs> i tried I but I did have some issues with my mic though, so if you're if I blow out your speakers uh, when you first start listening to it, my bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but also, yeah. I do. Uh, speaking of the Spotify and everything, like you said, it is up there, and we are going to be uploading our audio to Spotify. Um, so definitely check us out, follow us on Spotify, and I know a lot, we had a lot of our um, viewers and listeners on Facebook Live last week, which is awesome. Uh, and don't so don't forget to you know tune in on Facebook Live. Mm -hmm. um, and also we do have uh, our Instagram up and going. Uh, so Finally, yeah. you know, find us find us on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram. I know um, a lot of the people that we have on uh, Facebook are also on Instagram, and mm -hmm. some are, some aren't. So if you are also on Instagram, you know head over there, give us a follow on there too. We'll be posting on that uh, probably the most as far as stories and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, don't forget to check out on YouTube, subscribe on YouTube, and you'll get notifications uh, when we go live. You can watch it there as well. And um, listen if you have the YouTube uh, premium app where you can listen to stuff and then exit the app and it's still going. Mm -hmm. um, and all yeah, that. So, so whatever yeah, platform check works us. for you, you know, if it's. Yeah. And I think it's on Google Play too, isn't it? Uh, it should get there. I mean, uh, Is it? Okay. I don't know yeah, if it's on sure. there. I haven't checked, but it. It should be uploading to a couple of streaming places, but you yeah. know, if you like the visual aspect and uh, you know want to join us live, then of course YouTube and Facebook is good. Obviously, you can still watch the you know and after the fact on these platforms. Yeah. But um, and then if you just you know wanted to listen to it, just the audio or in the car or whatever, you know, it's yeah. like Spotify and uh, you know Apple Podcasts yeah. probably work better for you. So be sure to check us out on there. Uh, so yeah, shout out to that. Um, but yeah, let's get into episode two, which you know you can see on the tick on the bottom, the second power in heaven. Um, let's do it. Yeah. Also, Jacob Carter again. Love you guys. <laughs> Love you, bro. Yep. Bring it. I gotta pull up some of these. I gotta pull up my uh, Facebook and see who we got coming on here. All right. Well, I'm just gonna go ahead and start. So the second power in heaven stuff. Um, basically the premise of this episode is showing that the, uh, old Testament basically revealed the Trinity. Um, and that this is what was Orthodox. This is what Jews believed, even in the second temple period. Um, this is what they believed. And it wasn't until after the fact that you kind of have this 
like hyper monotheism where um you know rabbinic jews um, kind of characterized the past beliefs on the trinity as heresy and and stuff like that mostly in response to christianity and gnosticism as we'll show today but um, right. we're definitely getting into that that stuff here so if you're kind of confused on the title um you know we're, we're talking about the trinity proto-trinitarianism um stuff so yeah it's good stuff uh, <laughs> yeah, i'm gonna start with the nicene creed so again going through trinity stuff oh yeah um, speaking of that um shout out to um crossway my esv bible is a happens to be a creeds and confessions bible so oh I know so if it has that in there too yeah so it's nice. got um let me see what it's got in here. Uh, oh, I just pulled up one of the creeds, <laughs> but it's got um, it's creeds and confessions. So it's got the <clears throat> Augsburg Confession, um, Belgic Confession, uh, nice. Thirty Nine Articles, Canons of Dort, Westminster Confession, London Baptist Confession. In fact, if you uh, want to read the Nicene Creed, catechisms, there, you can. I mean, I have it pulled up, but I didn't know if you had it there too. That. I was looking it. for it and I couldn't find it, so I'm gonna have to go through the table of contents somewhere and yeah, <laughs> see if I can, I can just find read it. it. Yeah, you can go ahead because I couldn't find it earlier. All I know right, it's so in here. But. <laughs> the Nicene Creed, for those of you who don't know, is kind of a church council meeting that came together in Nicaea, this you know place called Nicaea, and they wanted to affirm what is sound doctrine, what is uh, the truth about God's word, what is you know right theology, what should we believe. Um, and so you have in, let's see, it was in 325 AD. So just like less than 300 years after Jesus, they're getting together and like, okay, we need to make sure we have this right. And most did. I mean, the Trinity was already yeah. like, we'll show in this episode, not only evident in the early church and in the Bible, but also evident in Second Temple Judaism and the Old Testament, like, you know, going backwards. So. This, yeah. There's a, a consistent thread, as you'll more than see through all these references. Um, but just to just to you know confirm all of you know the orthodoxy, this you know a lot of church people and members and pastors or bishops came together and wanted to affirm what is right doctrine. Yeah. And so, because it's also important to remember at this time, uh, you know, three twenty-five AD. I did find it, by the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, uh, three twenty-five AD. Um, this is only three hundred years or so after uh, Christ was crucified crucified and uh, went back to heaven. Mm -hmm. So Christianity is still new and yeah. there's a lot of people, you know, you know, there's a lot of different branches that were breaking off of Judaism and everything moving on to Christianity. And then some people that were just mm -hmm. coming up with their own stuff based on hearsay. So that's why it was important to make sure they came up with this council to yeah. put all this together to, you know, fully, uh, hash out what it is they believe and they don't believe and freshly persecuted too so this is right yeah. after christianity just became illegal so part of the reason why they're coming together is not because they had so many diverse beliefs and so part of this episode is not only debunking that the fact that the early church um had very like lots of different beliefs but you know there was a consistent belief that came out of the new testament old testament so yeah. we're debunking that but we're also debunking the whole idea that Jews didn't believe in this idea of the Trinity before Christianity, uh, which we'll see is, you know, it was very evident and yeah. also in Second Temple Judaism. So, and for those of you who don't know the term Second Temple Judaism, I've been throwing that around there. So <laughs> you have, you know, that's why I can't like assume, assume everything, you know, that, oh, yeah. you know, 
Um, so Solomon built the temple, you know, in about 969 BC, right? Before Christ, right. like almost a thousand years before Christ, Solomon built the temple, right? That temple was David was authorized to build. It was, oh, yeah, yeah. So he had, uh, it was David, David would have built it, but God told him you have too much blood on your hands, but your son can build it. And then mm -hmm. there we go. So it's right after David's time, if that helps with the time reference, you know? Yeah. And so um, they built the first temple. That one gets destroyed in about, you know, the 586 BC, I want to say before Christ, like 500, 600 years before Jesus um, by Babylon. And so then they built a new temple, right? With, you know, kind of Ezra, Nehemiah, the, those prophets, they mm -hmm. built the second temple. So the second temple period is the period in time in which, you know, from like Ezra, Daniel, like the prophets, all the way until the second temple was destroyed in 70 AD. So 70 years after Jesus. Also, Jesus prophesied the destruction right. of the temple, which is interesting. Yeah, I was he say, said, yeah. you know, the, this, you know, not one stone will be left on here. Um, that it'll be destroyed. And in 70 AD, uh, the Romans came in, destroyed Jerusalem, destroyed the temple. So the second temple period is the time from kind of like the prophets, Ezra, Daniel, Ezekiel, those people. In like 500 600 years before jesus um to you know 70 a.d does that make sense um, and it might be more well known to some people as intertestamental period it also gets called that yeah the same period. same time frame so if you're familiar with the intertestamental period where they talk about um you know god being silent for 400 years or whatever you know that's same time frame and there were still writings that came out of that time period. The Apocrypha. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll be touching on some of that uh, in this episode. Uh, we'll get to that later. Yeah, the 400-year then... gap between the Old and New Testament. So yes. what happened in between there? And so part of this is we're covering this episode. But Yeah. yeah. So that's, the so that's what's temple. going on. <laughs> mm -hmm. so for those of you who are confused, yeah. Second Temple period. And then you have... Um, so... You have the second temple period Jews that are obviously believing in this this stuff. Christianity comes along and kind of just identifies Jesus as the second power in heaven, as the second member of the Trinity. And so we'll show that along. But anyway, Christianity was very much persecuted. Um, and so part of the reason they came together in Nicaea in 325 is to make sure that everybody's on the same page. And for the most part, they were. Um, just because they didn't have access to all the writings in the New Testament, um, you know, all the letters from Paul or the gospel, because they were so persecuted and spread out. But when they came together, they made sure that they, you know, oh, hey, now we can talk about our faith. Now it's not being persecuted by the Romans. Let's see, you know, let's make sure we're all on the same page and believe for the same thing. Um, and so they just affirmed they didn't create the Trinity, which you'll hear some people say, oh, Council of Nicaea created the Trinity. This whole episode will just debunk that entire notion. Yeah. Uh, the Council of Nicaea did not create the doctrine of the Trinity. Uh, some people say that, oh, tr the Trinity came from paganism, came from Celtic paganism, came from European. That is completely not true either. We're, this whole episode will debunk that whole notion as well. We um, did cover uh, some of that uh, Celtic Christianity last week, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> with St. Patrick. Uh, Patrick, yeah. yeah. Um, but there is no, uh, you know, the this myth that the, the Trinity was created at this time is just false. And so we'll, we'll see that. So, but yeah. anyways, the Nicene Creed, they affirm the Trinity. And so they say, uh, we believe in one God, the father almighty maker of heaven and earth and of, of all things visible and invisible. So there you got God, the father, right. Uh, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only son of God, 
So that's your second, you know, begotten from the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God. And so begotten, you know, so then they they make sure to note begotten, not made of the same essence as the Father. Uh, for yeah. him, all things were made for us and for our salvation. Uh, he came down from heaven. Um, he became incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and was made human. He was crucified for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. The third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, he ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again with glory to judge the living and the dead. His kingdom will never end. So definitely it spends a lot of time making sure Jesus, you know, is yeah. treated right. In the, and then <laughs> right, you have yeah. the Holy Spirit. Uh, and we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life. He proceeds from the Father and the Son, and with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified. He spoke through the prophets. Uh, we believe in one holy uh, Catholic and apostolic church. So the word Catholic there is not Catholic that we think Catholic. It just means universal, like like the the everybody church, like the church of Jesus. So the word Catholic, you know, they viewed the Catholic church is going to, which just means universal, which just means everybody. Yeah. Uh, that's going to corporate Christianity, corporate Christianity. Uh, so that's what the word means at this time. So there is no such thing as the Catholic church as we know it in 325. AD. It's just kind of, um, you know, referring to Christianity as a whole. Uh, yeah. Later, you'll see kind of the Catholic Church or the Church is split off between, you know, the monastic movement, the Protestant Reformation, Eastern Orthodox, all these kind of, you know, splittings of the Church, which maybe we'll cover Church history at some point in the podcast. Yeah. But yeah, that that's all that means there if you guys are com confused of that. Um, yeah, I did notice that it did have a footnote in the uh, in this Bible that uh, so we were saying Catholic universal, which I never caught that before. So that's pretty cool. Oh yeah, that's, <clears throat> yeah, that's something that's helpful too, just so people understand yeah. what it's talking about. Because in 300 AD, right? Right. So um, we affirm one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look forward to the resurrection of the dead and to the life in the world to come. Amen. So that is the Nicene Creed. That is, you know, what they came together and said, this is true theology. And then now, there's that one song by the newsboys, the, oh, we yeah. believe or whatever. And that I was, was this is what they were singing. They were singing, not the whole thing verse for verse. Cause that probably wouldn't be a very interesting song, but they take the, the gist of it and they put it into the song. You know, we believe in God, the father, Jesus Christ, you know, all that stuff. So that's where they get the idea for the song. If you are a newsboys fan. Yeah. Yeah. I actually heard that song live in, uh, at this uh, conference called, um, NRB, nice. And I heard I heard them live uh, saying that song. The news book. That's pretty cool. cool. So yeah, it's a good song. Yeah, uh, it very good. Just affirms again the Trinity. Yeah. Um, so now it's like, well, where did they get this idea of the Trinity? They're they're not creating it because you know um, the claim is, especially by some skeptics, that oh, the Trinity is not is a later addition. It's it's something in Christianity that's not in Judaism. Because we think when we you know when you talk to some uh, Jews or even Muslims, they'll say. No, the Trinity is not true. It's incoherent. Like there, it's just one God, right? Uh, that's one. Not... That's one argument I've heard from the Muslim uh, tradition or belief, whatever you want to call it. If they um, they argue that our Christianity, or our belief, is contradicts itself because the because of the Trinity mainly, and that oh, you guys say you're monotheistic, but you have the Trinity, so you know. Mm. Which one is yeah. it kind of thing? And we'll try to cover maybe some of the philosophical things when we do the Evidence for God's Existence series. But um, as far as today, we're looking at the historical aspect of it. And so uh, no matter yeah. the philosophical implications of the Trinity, we're, you know, we're talking about did 
they the Jews believe in the Trinity prior to Christianity? And the answer is yes. And did the church and the New Testament affirm the Trinity and believe in it before the Council of Nicaea? And the answer is yes. So we're going to start in the New Testament. Um, so let's, let's pull that up here. So we're going to start in Matthew 28, 19. And so we'll go through each of the Gospels. And so this is pretty obvious here. Uh, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So just in one verse, explicit, explicitly, right. um, you know, just just all three. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty straightforward. Any verse we'll probably share in the New Testament today. Yeah. Um, did you have anything to say on that? Or? Uh, it's just... Uh... You know, like you said, it's pretty self-explanatory, that one. <laughs> yeah. If you ever, I mean, Jesus, it, you know, Jesus said it. So, I mean, you can't really debate, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some, people, said it. some people will argue that this is a, oh, this is a later edition by the church after Nicaea. But the mm-hmm. problem with that is that um, we have writings from people in the second century, like mm-hmm. 100 years before the Council of Nicaea, that are commentating on the gospel mm-hmm. of Matthew and the gospel of Mark and like all these. And that's, verses. and that's why the Dead Sea Scrolls is such a big deal because it had all of these older mm-hmm. manuscripts and everything. Yeah, for the Old helped. Testament too. Yeah. And for the old, yeah. And it just kind of showed that, you know, there wasn't a lot of stuff was kept true for such a long period of time. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that's one of them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're we're making our way back from Nicaea. So you can see from here. So we talk about Nicaea affirms it. Okay, the new te- does the New Testament affirm the doctrine of the Trinity? And so yes, that so Matthew. Then let's look at Mark. Uh, Mark one one. So the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Okay, and so this isn't. There's other verses in Mark that you know talk about even all three the same. But I wanted to point this one out because one Mar- the gospel of Mark. Um, is known as the earliest gospel. Mm-hmm. And so they they say, okay, Mark is the first one written. It's the first gospel written, um, you know, just pretty early on, just, you know, like a decade or two right after the resurrection, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, the interesting thing is, uh, like skeptics will say, or some, um, you know, even at the scholarly level, but even people that are like, um, you know, atheists, they'll say things like, well, the historical Jesus, they didn't actually think he was God, but they, you know, this was, there. there's this kind of evolution of them thinking that Jesus is like a deity. You know, you've ever heard that kind of thing where, um, yeah, where it's like you have John, which is the last gospel written, and he's clearly right. shown, displayed as the son of God. But then you have Mark, which is like, he's the son of man which we'll talk about a lot today, that is actually mm. referenced to deity. So when you see son of man, and I don't want to spoil it too much, people yeah. think, oh, son of man, that's talking about Jesus's humanity. Not quite. And we'll show why. Um, but this is... And there was this, other religions, like even the Greek uh, pantheon and stuff, they use that son of man kind of phrase here and there too to describe you know, mm-hmm. some of their gods. So I mean, it's not it's not like that's something that Christianity created either or came up with either. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it we'll just goes to kind of prove we, your point. Yeah, as we go into the Old Testament stuff, but in the New Testament, it's right. like, you know, we see it's like, well, was Jesus viewed as God? Right? Was Jesus mm-hmm. viewed as God from the very beginning? Yes, his disciples from the very beginning affirmed this, and so the you see in Mark the earliest gospel, the very first verse of the very first chapter, literally says 
this is the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Right. So from the very beginning, it's affirming that they believe Jesus is divine. So that's what we're talking about today. The second power in heaven, the, you know, Jesus, right? He is the second um, Yahweh figure, Yahweh being the divine name of God. So yeah. Jesus, this, you know, this is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Um, and then we got Luke. So we're just going through the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so in Luke, uh, you see all of them present as well. So this is after the baptism of Jesus, Mark and uh, Luke three twenty-two. It says, And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with you I am all pleased. So you have Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit descending on him, and then you have the Father speaking and saying that this is my beloved Son, with, who, you, know, with you I am all pleased. So you have yeah. all three present at once here. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. Again, in all Gospels, affirming the Trinity is present. You know, one God yeah. in three persons. So it's one God, one divine essence, but in three persons. So Right. And I know they, uh, oh, okay. the one interesting thing uh, that I heard somebody talk about was, um, uh, it just kind of goes with uh, a, different, a different verse, but still kind of in the same vein as it comes to, uh, did they believe Jesus was the Son of God and that kind of thing. Like, when... Um, Jesus asked uh, Peter, "Who do you say I am? You're, you know, you're Christ, Son of the God." Mm-hmm. And um, he was saying, "Flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. Only, you know, my Father revealed this to you." Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it's um, some of it is probably as far as who understood and who didn't. It had mm-hmm. to do with you know where they were spiritually. I think a lot of times because if they weren't really you know in tune with God in some way, even even the Jews, even though Jesus hadn't come yet or while he was still living at the time, you know, they could still have some kind of, you know, a spiritual relationship connection with God and be in tune enough to understand what was going on. And, Especially reading the Old Testament, which we'll, yeah. we'll show today. Yeah. And then in that instance, when God spoke from heaven, um, I heard a pastor talking about, um, you know, some people heard thunder, some people saw you know, lightning or they saw one thing, but then the people that really had the relationship heard God's voice and saw the dove descending and that kind of thing. So it all kind of comes to, you know, is that, you know, if they had that relationship and that relationship was there, you know, they could see what was going on and they understood what was going on. So, and they obviously had to record like they, you know, the Holy spirit was descending on him bodily, like, you know, Mm -hmm. like a dove. And the same thing with Paul, it's like the people heard the voice, but only Paul saw the vision. Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of in the same vein there. Um, so also in John, uh, pretty clear, right? John 1, 1, again, the first verse, right? Yeah. In the beginning was the word, the logos, which there's so many, there's significance with that, right? The Greek word for word there is yes. logos, the logos, where we get the word word, but we also get the word logic. So Jesus is the logic. Jesus is the foundation of all logic. Jesus is the word, um, you know, a lot of stuff there. But anyways, yeah. in the beginning was the word and the word was with God or the logos was with God and the logos was God. Okay. Just yeah, <laughs> boom. Right there. He was with him and he was him. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was in the beginning with God. All right. things were made through him. And so this is obviously hearkening back to Genesis one, which, you know, I'll mention in a second when we get to Old Testament stuff. Uh, you know, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and, you know, and all this stuff. Um, well, John says the word of God, the logos, the very, you know, 
creative power, right? The, mm -hmm. the word, the command of God, the logos, the logic, right? The word. Yeah. That is, uh, that became incarnate. Like that is the one who came down to earth, um, revealed himself to man. And this is Jesus, right? Right. Um, and then also, it's just pretty clear, not, like already, um, but you know, there's people of like the Mormon faith, if yeah. you know that, that will say, no, this doesn't translate, uh, you know, the word, what, you know, uh, yeah. in the beginning was the word, or let me see where, where they, oh, the word was God. Yeah. They, they don't say that the word was God. They say the word was a God. And so, <laughs> um, the problem with that is mm. one, you don't really find that it, like in the Greek, it has, it's pretty clear. Um, and if you guys are interested more in that, you know, I can point you to Brandon Tatum and his work and other things, but mm. in the Greek, but there is, um, it, it's why well, actually, no, is it Brandon Tatum? Anyways, I'll, I'll have to go back to that. Um, <laughs> but there, there are Greek scholars who look at that and say, no, it's pretty clear. And contextually it's impossible to bring out a God because, uh, you know, it refers to him, you know, later in, mm. um, John one. You know, in the personal sense. So it's not saying that he was a God, it's saying that he was the, the God. The, you know, he was God, like the one that was mentioned contextually in the prior verses. And um, John, of all the Gospels, was the one that had the highest um, Christology, is the term, but he had the highest um, view of God him. as the Son of God, or yeah. the view of it's Jesus the as the Son of God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which, again, has led some people to think that, oh, that means that there was this evolution of, of deity where, because in history, you know, it's it's like the Lord of the Rings thing, uh, which is even, it's actually true in history where it's like, uh, you know, history became legend and legend became myth. And, yeah. you know, and so the thing is, that is true in history where legend or history becomes legend and legend becomes myth and things. Oh, yeah. You know, over time, their stories created and people became more fantastical than they are. But... The problem with this is we know historically the time frame of how you have this evolution of, of legend. And yeah. the problem is the Gospel of Mark, which I'll go back here, is written so close to the actual time and the events where eyewitnesses mm. are there that just even even if you have 200 years or 100 years, well, 200 years is enough time, but even in just 100 years, let mm. alone in this case, just a decade or two. Yeah. Um, so that'd be like talking to somewhat like a Vietnam War veteran or something. Yeah. Making crazy yeah. stories about the Vietnam War, which people try to do. But the problem is, if you talk to eyewitnesses, uh, yeah. they kind of shut it down real quick. And so you can't yeah. make up big deifying claims um, or you can't have this evolution of history to legend within such a small time period. Yeah. Uh, and so and also just from the very beginning, uh, the the Gospel of Mark, you know, you don't just see this evolution. You see it just very plainly clear in the Gospel of Mark. The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Like, just from the earliest Gospel we have, clearly states that Jesus was the Son of God. Yeah. So from our very earliest, you know, sources, etc., um, you know, it's not just the Nicene Creed, which we pointed out, but now we're, again, mm -hmm. going back even further to where it is the New Testament affirmed Jesus's deity mm -hmm. and the Trinity, but we're mostly talking about Jesus today because we're leading into Easter as well, and right. so it's you know important. But um, yeah, so Jesus, the second power in heaven, became incarnate, right? As we can see in John one one. So mm -hmm. 
there's they're the same but distinct and so you kind of see this language right uh the trinity affirmed and it's yeah. a little confusing but you know distinction without a difference yeah so i mean again the one god three persons right mm -hmm. and so the question is um now okay uh, you know it's like chandler you know said you got me convinced okay it's not just the nicene creed that affirmed the trinity okay it's clear in the new testament um you know the trinity's there but you know chandler said what about uh you know jews that say it's you know that that's not the case or the old testament i don't see the trinity in the old testament uh you know it was christianity that came later and kind of changed the perception of the you know add added the idea of the trinity um well well let's go back even further now <laughs> but as a transition we'll pull up so john um 858 so jesus said to them truly truly i say to you before abraham was i am um the being. <laughs> the, yeah, the being from last week yeah if anybody yeah uh, was there last week so uh why wouldn't he say truly truly i say to you before abraham was i was you know it just makes sense because in the greek you can do that you know mm -hmm. this was written in greek um the new testament was written in greek you know we mentioned that in the first episode mm -hmm. um the old testament in hebrew and aramaic um but why didn't you just say okay before before Abraham was, you know, I was, I existed. Um, well, because not only was that true, but the whole I am statement is a reference to the divine name, like, you know, Sub mm -hmm. just mentioned the being, right? Um, the I am, right? Jesus yeah. is not only saying that chronologically he was before a Abraham, but he's actually making an identification that says, Oh, I am the I am. I am the great I am. I am Yahweh. So it's he's mm -hmm. literally telling people, I am Yahweh. Yeah. <laughs> Not only was I before Abraham, but I am Yahweh himself. And so we'll we'll see that as, as well going through the Old Testament. But and it's just a state of constant being. It's not that I was or I'm going to be. You know, it's just mm -hmm. you always are. Past, present, future. Yeah. It's like it's just like reflective of God's essence, like he is. Mm -hmm. He just he like he is <laughs> like <laughs> not before like he's the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end like he he is i am so it's yeah. not just you know i was i am like i am yeah so so uh so he makes a pretty bold claim so jesus makes a pretty bold claim that he he is the great i am and that before abraham was you know i, I was there i am so do we see that in the old testament um in fact, we do. And so let's uh, let's dive in here to Genesis 1. From the very beginning, right? Actually, do you have Genesis 1 as well? I don't know if you wanted to read it or not. I can pull it up. <clears throat> I was just trying to keep, uh, keep some notes. That's why I keep looking down. <laughs> okay. Yeah, let me grab it real quick. I do have my Bible right here, so. Nice. All right. Yeah, if you want to read just the first three verses. Not already. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. Gotcha, yeah. 
So if you guys couldn't catch that, um, you already seen the first three verses of the Bible, the Father, Spirit, and Son. So in the beginning, God, right? That's pretty clear. Mm -hmm. uh, created the heavens and the earth. Um, and then, you know, in verse two, you see uh, in the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God, so again, Spirit, right. uh, hovering over the face of the waters. And then God said, right, the Logos, the Word, right, um, let there be light. And there was light. And so you might think, well, is that really a reference to a person? Well, going back to John 1 here that we just read, in the beginning was the Word, again, referencing Genesis 1. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Uh, he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Again, this is just what we read Genesis 1. So pretty good. Yeah. So you have the Father, you have the Spirit and the Son, in the first three, one verses 1, 2, and 3 of the very beginning of the Bible. So, um, but you might say, well, that's not really enough. You know, that might be a stretch. That might be just, uh, <laughs> you know, New Testament Christians or, or Jesus trying to make some kind of pull something out, some identification that wasn't there. Mm -hmm. um, but no, it, it really, it really goes deeper than that. And because Jews actually did believe uh, in what's called the two powers of heaven idea. So this is where, mm -hmm. I'm bring, introducing the second power. They, they believe in something called the two powers, right? Um, because they see in the Bible this identification of two distinct but the same Yahweh figures, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, I will share, there's a good quote here that kind of illustrates this. And so uh, and it's actually a meme, which is kind of funny. So, you know, it, <laughs> it's like, you know, if you guys see like, uh, you know, the, goes from the small brain to the big brain. It's like, oh, like the galaxy brain. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah. you know, it says the Old Testament is your, you know, the small brain here. It's like the Old Testament is Unitarian. Once Jesus showed up with his radical claims, the Jews had to reevaluate their concept of God and develop the Trinity. So that's, you know, that's, uh, that's what we're debunking today. Obviously, that's, you know, the false uh, aspect of it or the common belief in some respects. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, here's the, you're getting a little further, right? Uh, the, there are hints of the Trinity in the Old Testament, which again, we're pointing to, mm -hmm. uh, such, such as let us make man in our image. In retrospect, we can see this is Jesus, or like what I said with the first three verses of the Bible. Okay, mm -hmm. maybe a little bit. And then here's the, like, the, the galaxy brain. It says, <laughs> the Hebrew Bible expresses divine plurality in two distinct concepts. The divine council, which again, were, would be angels and stuff like that. That would be a good the, one to talk about later. Yeah. Uh, and the two powers in heaven. During mm -hmm. the Second Temple period, many Jewish thinkers speculated on the identity of the second power in heaven. The early Jewish followers of the way, again, Christianity, continued mm -hmm. this thought trajectory by ascribing the identity of the second power to Jesus. Okay. In response to the growing Christian and Gnostic movements, rabbis in the second century AD condemned the previously orthodox two powers view as heresy. So we're making the claim, which again is in the scholarly literature, and we'll point to some of those things today, that yeah. Jews believed in the second temple period, and of course in the Old Testament as we'll show before that, that there were this two powers in heaven idea, that you have the separate but the same like two you know, it's like the father and, and the son, or in this case, the messenger, the angel. Mm -hmm. And so uh, this was a orthodox belief. This was not controversial, right? Yeah. The Jews at this time were not, you know, this wasn't a controversial belief. 
but it was because of Christianity and Gnosticism and the identification of Jesus as the second power, right? It's not just that the second, you know, the angel of the Lord or the second power exists, mm -hmm. but they're like, no, that's the second Yahweh figure is Jesus who came in the flesh. That's him. Jesus is the second power in heaven. Uh, that was the heresy part. Jews were like, okay, like, and rabbinic Jews afterwards started to condemn any concept of plurality in the Godhead. They thought mm -hmm. any, all this is just too controversial and they started to backpedal. And so I'm going to kind of show some of those. Because uh, now they still uh, hold the strict, you know, monotheism, no mm -hmm. Trinity kind of thing. Yeah, like one and that one just kind of, and that just, and that's what you're saying. It stemmed out of that whole issue. But back in the Old Testament in the Second Temple period, like you're saying, you know, that wasn't an issue for them. That was something they didn't yeah. believe in. Yeah. Yeah. Not an issue at all. Like, this yeah. is not, not controversial in Old Testament, intertestamental mm -hmm. period. This that's is a big thing about, uh, that's a big thing about um, when you're studying your Bible and just um, doing anything where you're digging into theological concepts, concepts, biblical studies, that kind of thing. It's really this is why it's important to really understand the context that all of these passages and these books and everything were written in. And it's important to know, you know, the history of the time frame the Old Testament was written in, the second temple period. Because like you were saying, according to Jews now, they believe something totally different. But if you go back and you know, actually, you know, read the Old Testament from different perspective of what they actually thought about, then, you know, you can see, you know, where things are actually, you know, what happened and yeah. where things kind of separated and what, you know, what they were actually was going through their minds while Jesus was there and, you know, what they were thinking leading up to Jesus coming and all that kind of thing. So exactly. The digging's important. <laughs> yes. And again, it's in the research. We'll point to some of those things, too. Also, yeah. I want to remind you, anybody who's joining in kind of later or just like halfway through the stream, that you can just be sure to like and then you can comment. And so if you comment live, we can see the comment. We can always pull it up as well. And so and if you have questions, feel free to ask questions. If we're not clear on something or we need to explain something more, drop it in. We'll explain it more. And so that's the beauty of the live aspect that we can kind of correct some of these things uh, to be a little, I guess, more audience centered. Um, right. Know, to make sure that no stone is not left unturned in some, <laughs> in some respects. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they. Uh, do you have anything else to add, or do you want me to continue on here? Yeah, that's about all I had for that one. <laughs> all right. So going through, we already talked about John. Uh, actually, let's uh, wait on that for a second. So. Um, we're, I just read Genesis 1, so we're going to stay in Genesis for a second. And so Genesis 18, 9, 10-ish area. So if anybody is has their Bibles on them, I'm going to turn there. Or your Bible app. Or the Bible app, yeah, if it's, if it's not a physical one, right? <laughs> I've got... It's like, I don't have a physical right. Bible. I can't go... Can't you mean you don't carry many Bibles on you at one time? You don't stay strapped? Yeah, I know. Just that's the real, <laughs> the real sword, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> staying loaded. Um, all right. So and of course, eight, I'm in my office, so I've got plenty of Bibles. Yeah, books on books. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I guess I have a few on my bookshelf as well. I mean, I have my. You know, what, we're in here. the we're in the Old Testament. I could bust out my Septuagint again. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, bring out the the Greek translation. Yeah. Uh, Let me see. Where's it at? The 
All right, well, as he's looking for that, I'm going to go ahead and read. So paraphrasing here, if you guys know the story of Genesis 18, so Abraham uh, is, you know, Lot and Abraham separate. Lot goes away to his own land. They're kind of, you know, they're they're related, and they're like, they can't dwell together, so Abraham's going to stay here. Lot's going to go the other way. Uh, he's going towards Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah is going about to be destroyed. God is going to bring judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah. And before he does that, uh, you see this scene where you have these three people show up. You have these three mm. people that just show up to Abraham uh, unannounced. And Abraham's like, oh, no, let's quickly make them food and, you know, show hospitality. <laughs> uh, and so it says here... <laughs> It makes me. It makes me. <laughs> it makes me think of that scene. Um, trying to think of the movie, uh, Wedding Crashers with Will Ferrell. Uh, and Owen Wilson oh, okay. comes to his house. And he's like, uh, "Get some meatloaf, mom. Get the meatloaf. We want it now." <laughs> yeah. It's like, so they show up, and Abraham just yells in the tent, "Sarah, get the meatloaf. We want it now." <laughs> yeah, basically, uh, that's, that's pretty much how it went down. Like here, it says, "And Abraham went quickly into the tent to Sarah and said, quick." Three sins of fine flour needed. Make cakes. And, right now. Uh, and, and Please. Went out and slaughtered a calf. And, you know, he's like, let's have a meal. Um, but anyway, Take, so. Making a meal took a lot longer back then. So. Yeah. I mean, he was <laughs> just thinking they full on went out, found the animal, like slaughtered it, butchered it, did the whole thing. The and, whole nine. Yeah. You know, how long that took. <laughs> that probably took a while. But maybe yeah. if they're so used to doing it, they had it down to a science and they could do it all 30 minutes or less. Yeah, or your yeah, money the, back. The fast food version. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it says here in verse 9, they said to him, right, this is the three people, uh, where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, she is in the tent, obviously probably making the preparations. Uh, the Lord said, okay, hold up. So this person that is speaking to them in bodily form, one of the men here, of the three men, is Yahweh, apparently. And also, quick note, every time you see Lord, the Lord in all caps in the Bible, that is the divine name Yahweh. So cool, you know, cool little thing for Bible study. Yeah. If you guys didn't know that every time you see the Lord in all caps in the old Testament, that's referring to Yahweh, right? So Yahweh said, I will surely return to you uh, about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife shall have a son and you have all this promise, right? Mm -hmm. And so this is a, a figure still standing. So you have, uh, you know, three people, one is Yahweh speaking to him, right? And then the other two, as you'll see, go to Sodom and Gomorrah to check out the city to see if it's sinful. And so two are angels, and one is like this man, but he's Yahweh that's speaking to Abraham. And then he's still there, and Abraham's negotiating with him, mm -hmm. uh, this second Yahweh, this, you know, this Yahweh figure, right? That's right. in bodily form somehow. <laughs> Uh, which is basically like, uh, hey, if, if there's this many righteous people, will you spare the city? Uh, you know, it's like negotiating. <laughs> whole, well, yeah, maybe, maybe that less. whole discourse is pretty funny. Yeah, and then it's like, well, actually, just let me just say a lot. He's like, you know, forgive me for speaking once again. How about this many? He's like, yep. You know, I am but a worthless individual, and I am a mere lowly man. But what about this individual? <laughs> it's like I'm yeah. trying to see what it says in here. Uh, I have it. I have my Septuagint pulled out, and I'm trying to see mm -hmm. that whole discourse if there's anything different. But 
But yeah, it's just like the like this one says, Will there be anything against me, Lord, if I shall speak? But if there be found thirty, since I am able to speak to the Lord, what if there should be found twenty? And then uh, you know, it just keeps going, but what if I speak once more? <laughs> I was like, but what if I let me ask you this. Let me ask you something here. Yeah. It's like <laughs> forgive me, but one more time. <laughs> yeah, you're just gonna just gonna but, keep negotiating, right? <laughs> Hostage negotiation. Yeah. So, anyway, Sodom and Gomorrah is going to get destroyed. Lo and behold, spoiler alert: if you guys have not read Genesis or know the story, uh, and got to that part yet. <laughs> but in chapter 19, verse 24, and I have it on the screen. Here's the interesting part. So he talked to this, you know, figure who is Yahweh, who claims to be Yahweh in bodily form. And it says, then the Lord, the same guy, rained on Sodom and Gomorrah sulfur and fire from the Lord out of heaven. Wait, hold up. <laughs> so the Lord is raining fire from the Lord. Yes. Wait, so they're both, <laughs> they're both. So Yahweh rained yeah. on Sodom and Gomorrah sulfur and fire from Yahweh out of heaven. It was in heaven, right? So. Okay, so right. you're starting to see this, these people that are, I guess if you're, you're a Hebrew at the time, uh, you're kind of confused where it's like, okay, you have Yahweh, but Yahweh's one, but Yahweh, like there's one God, Yahweh, mm -hmm. but somehow this one divine essence is both in heaven and in bodily form on earth, speaking to me, and the, on earth, Yahweh rains down fire from heaven from Yahweh. Uh, so like, you, you kind of see this this the yeah. same but separate distinct but yet the same language mm -hmm. used in the Old Testament. Very subtle. Uh, yeah, like if you don't like, it's hard to pick that up. Uh, but it's like it's pretty clear there too. It's like, well, Yahweh rains fire out of, from Yahweh. Heaven. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Now, if that wasn't enough, you think, well, okay, one Old Testament reference, and we don't have time to go into all the Old Testament re references, yeah. especially <laughs> in the prophets. There, that's evident oh, too. Yeah. I'm just going from the earliest books, some of the references, but there is definitely more than what we'll even cover today. Uh, this, you know, this Trinitarian or Proto-Trinitarian language in the Old Testament. Yeah. Uh, that you know people see. So um, then we go to Exodus. I mean Genesis. 48, 14 through 16. If you guys want to go to that, you know, I said, again, today's episode will be the biblical out of biblical brainstorm episode. Like, we will, <laughs> we will be reading some Bible today. Oh, yeah. You uh, said 48? Uh, yes. So, 48, 14 through 16. Already. If you already have it before me, you can go ahead and read that. And some of you may be wondering why I'm asking him for his references and not already knowing them beforehand. Part of the um, plan that we came up with for the podcast is with it being brainstorm, you know, we're bouncing off back and forth off each other. So we, we go over the gist. Yeah. So we go over the gist of what we're going to talk about, but we don't go over all the details so that it's, you know, spontaneous conversation um, yeah. to an extent. So that's why if I'm asking him questions about what mm -hmm. he's talking about, it's not that, uh, you know, that we're, we don't talk to each other. It's just we we do a little yeah. bit, but we want to keep it spontaneous on yeah. the show. And the too, goal so. too is like I'll find out things from him, and he'll find things out from me. This yeah. episode, um, you know, there'll be certain episodes where he covers more, talks more, and there'll be some where I talk more because mm -hmm. you know we have different things we're passionate about and covered material. This right. episode was more my idea, so obviously I'm covering more of the material for this episode. But you'll see a range throughout our topics. Oh yeah, uh, 
Um, and he'll uh, and he has some material at the end as well. So if you if you're like, why is Chandler talking so much? It's like, well, this is more <laughs> this is more my area of expertise, you know, sort of, you know, of like study uh, yeah. or interest in some way. So there will be certain episodes where it's what you know you'll see yeah. more of one than the other. But yeah, we're brainstorming here. Um, so anyway, <laughs> do you already have Exodus? Uh, I mean, Genesis. I keep wanting to say Exodus. Genesis 48, <laughs> 14 through sixteen. Yep, I got. Okay. Want to read it? Yeah, let me. Pull this down here. All right. <clears throat> but Israel, having stretched out his hand, reading from the Septuagint again, by the way. Mm-hmm. But Israel, having stretched out his right hand, laid it on the head of Ephraim, and he was the younger, and his left hand on the head of Manasseh, guiding his hands crosswise. So right hand on uh, Ephraim, and left hand on Manasseh. And he blessed them and said, "The God in whose sight my fathers, in whose sight my fathers were well pleasing, even Abraham and Isaac, the God who continues to feed me from my youth until this day, the angel who delivers me from all evils, bless these boys, and my name shall be called upon them, in the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, and let them be increased to a great multitude on earth." And Joseph, having seen that his father put his right hand on the head of Ephraim. It seemed grievous to him, and Joseph took hold of the hand of his father to remove it from the head of Ephraim to the head of Manasseh. Yeah, we can, uh, his father. Oh, like, yeah, we can read that there. On verse 18, I thought you said 18, my bad. <laughs> oh, no, you're good. We can read that to 18 if you want, just so people understand the context. But Well, the thing here was, um, just for that part, um, you know, he had crossed his hands, so yeah. the right hand went to the younger child. Instead of it being on the older child, because the you know the oldest gets the birthright, he gets the blessing. So mm-hmm. um, that was very odd. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why in that part, Joseph was like, you know, trying to move his hands. It's like, oh, you missed, you touched the wrong kid here. Let me fix that for you. But yeah, he goes on to say, yeah. So, but he th- that goes on to talk about why he did that. But yeah, my bad, I didn't realize. <laughs> I oh didn't no, you're good. Well, too far ahead. Yeah, no, that's a good observation because maybe people don't know this part of the story. But I was just trying to point out for the respect of, of this whole two powers idea mm-hmm. is that notice that you know the angel of the Lord. And we didn't even talk about him wrestling the Lord, and yet he asked the Lord to bless him, and so. Because um, don't forget, Jacob is Israel too, by the way. Yeah. Same guy. Yeah. So. Um, and also, this is a, a helpful distinction as we read this. So, um, the God, or so angel, the word angel just means messenger. So, we think mm-hmm. in our modern thinking, oh, angel means a specific uh, being, like a type Guardian of... Guardian angel or something. Yeah, or specific being. Well, angel, the translation of angel, both in the Old Testament and Hebrew and in Greek, means messenger. So, malak is the word for angel in Hebrew. And then yeah. angelos is the word where we get angel in the New Testament in Greek. Both mean messenger. So yeah. if you say angel, that doesn't necessarily mean, okay, it's it's a specific type of being. It's it's a job description. So like yeah. you have humans that are referred to as malak, and then you have Yahweh or God himself referred to as malak, the messenger. So the messenger of Yahweh in bodily form, as you'll see, is sometimes identified with mm-hmm. uh, God himself, which we see in this passage. So it says the God right before, you know, through Abraham walks. So he's doing the blessing. So it's like the God of Abraham, the God of, you know, Isaac, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the God of, you know, the one who was bit with me in my life, the angel who has redeemed me from all angel, bless the boys. Okay. Well, hold up. The angel 
Mm-hmm. He's asking to bless him. <laughs> so again, if you're gonna, if you're confused on language and you think angel means a specific being, then you know it's like you don't you don't really see it. But the angel yeah. just means messenger. So the the messenger, right? Uh, redeeming, you know, who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the boys, and in them let my name be carried on in the name of you know uh, Abraham, Isaac, and and etc. So. And in them, right? Like he's he's making it like God. He's identifying God and the angel of whom he wrestled with and who was with yeah. him. You know this Yahweh in bodily form. He identifies them both as God, mm-hmm. <laughs> and both of them to bless his yeah. boys. So like they're the same but distinct. So you, again, you see this. You got God. And it's kind of like how would we message. pray now? Like we'll pray to like well, one more prayer and we'll say God help us do this. And Jesus do this in Jesus' name and all that. Yeah, so same it's, person, well, yeah, so same person, but we're saying different names. Same essence to three persons. Think of it that way. So that's why the etym- so that's why the etymology is important when you're digging into that. So you know the base, you know, angel is just a very uh you know, down the road translation of messenger essentially. Mm-hmm. So when you understand, you know, that kind of stuff, it really you know can help you clear up some of that confusion. Yeah, um, exactly. Like what you're doing. Exactly. And so that's pretty you know, clear there. And so let's get out of Genesis for a little second. I know uh, my wife commented, it's like Chandler is passionate about Genesis. <laughs> yes, I, I love Genesis. I'm excited for our Genesis and Exodus series. And speaking of Exodus, well, I'm going to turn to Exodus 3. So <laughs> let's go straight to Exodus 3. Um, we actually covered Exodus 3 last week, and we'll cover Exodus 3 next week as well. Where There's so many things in Exodus 3. We're just picking up so many different things here mm-hmm. so it's a good uh it's a good thing here so exodus three yep any particular verse uh yes verse two so um did you want to read it or? sure and sorry if it seems like i'm stumbling over this the septuagint translation is not as um clear uh yeah it's not as smooth as the esv or the some of the modern mm-hmm. translations but that's just because, you know, it's more of a literal type thing. But um, it also could be that it was translated by an uh, individual named Sir Lancelot C.L. Britton. Yeah, I so. guess. <laughs> and 1851. So there's probably a little bit oh, of King's yeah. English in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Still cool, though. Like a really good resource. Yeah. But um, anyway. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him in flaming fire out of the bush. And he sees that the bush burns with fire, but the bush was not consumed. And we touched on this last week a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Moses said, I will go near and see this great sight while the bush is not being consumed. How far do you want me to read with this one? Uh, Down to verse six. Six. Okay. And when the Lord saw that he draw, draw nigh to see, the Lord called him from out of the bush saying, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, what is it? <laughs> and he said, draw not nigh hither, loose thy sandals from off thy feet for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses turned away his face for he was afraid to gaze at God. Gotcha. Yeah. So notice a couple things here. One, uh, it says, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flame of the fire out of the midst of the bush. So it's like, mm-hmm. hold up. So he didn't just see like a fire itself, but somehow it's like he sees the angel of God, the angel of Yahweh, the, the messenger, as we just talked about, the messenger of Yahweh appearing in the midst of the burning bush. So that's an interesting thing. 
So you think, well, is this an angel? And then it, it says, uh, well, when the Lord, when Yahweh saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush. Okay, so the angel in the bush is God. <laughs> so And God is the angel in the bush. In the bush. So the <laughs> messenger. So the messenger appearing in the bush is Yahweh. And then it, you know, kind of identifies that again down here. Uh, and he said, you know, and he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. So we just talked about him, this angel appearing to Jacob in Genesis. And yet he, the same one in bodily form appears out of the bush in this flame of fire to Moses and mm -hmm. says, oh, yeah, I am the God of your fathers. And it's like, I am the Yahweh said. So, you, again, you see this, this kind of like, okay, you have God. But I mean, you have Yahweh, but you have Yahweh also in, in the messenger and like they're both, you know, identified. You have Yahweh, but you have Yahweh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then there's so also is, Yahweh. So you got yeah, kind of yeah. him in there, too. Yeah, the, the three, <laughs> the three in one. Right. So right, yeah. you're thinking, well, how did Jews deal with this kind of these this language? Um, yeah, they that's thus the two powers in heaven idea, which. I'm about to just draw it a little bit more in a second. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, Jews were wrestling with these same things of like, okay, how is it the same but distinct? And so you have these Trinitarian and proto-Trinitarian beliefs prior to Jesus even showing up on the scene. Like pre-Christianity, they're already having these discussions in Second Temple Judaism about the plurality of this two-in-one, this three-in-one idea. Uh, you know, so it's it's already present pre-Christianity, not only pre-Nicene Creed, so we already went through Nicene Creed, we showed how it was showed in the New Testament, now we're showing, going way back in the Old Testament, how it's going, there's this thread between Genesis and Exodus, right? Mm -hmm. And so, now, let's skip ahead a lot more, let's go to Joshua 5. Alrighty. Yeah, again, this is going to be this, the Bible podcast, you're going to the biblical <laughs> brainstorm, you're going to, there's a lot of we're getting uh, Work out here. Today. Yeah, so Joshua 5. Um, I can read this one. It's verse okay. 13, 15. When Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man, okay, a man, was standing before him with his drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for for our adversaries. It's like, are you, are you my fr friend or foe? Like, <laughs> it's like, who is this Wasn't man? It, wasn't it the, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Monty Python? Yeah, it's like when it gets to the gate there, friend or foe. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's just kind of funny because he just goes yeah. up and sees this man with the sword drawn and it's like, oh, yeah. hold up. This enemy, like, yeah. are you friend or foe? Yeah. Joshua, who's like a warrior in you know, conquest. Friend or foe, right? Uh, and he's old, you know, and he, he's, again, just kind of wondering what, what's going on here. Which chapter uh, did you say you were at? Uh, chapter 5. So okay. 5, verse 13. And so this is verse 14. And he said, so notice, and he said, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Friend or foe? Nope. <laughs> yeah. But, so <laughs> I love this response from God. Like, just... Right. So, friend, are you with us or for our adversaries? Joshua was like asking him a question, right? Yeah. And this man, right? It doesn't even say angel at this point. It doesn't seem to say God. It says man, right? 
this man John Sword, and he says, "No, but I am the commander of the army of Yahweh. Now I have come." And Joshua fell on his face on the earth and worshipped him and said, "What does my Lord say to his servant?" And the commander of Yahweh's army said to Joshua, Take off your sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. So not only is this going back to Genesis 3, I mean Exodus 3, that we just talked about with the whole holy ground and Moses mm -hmm. thing. So this captain of the Lord's host, this leader of the army of Yahweh, is Yahweh himself, because one, mm -hmm. only God can be worshipped. And anybody looking at this is like, okay, any man does not an or angel is not to be worshipped except for god alone and jews mm -hmm. know this and yet this captain this man who's the leader of god's army is saying uh are you are you friend or foe nope <laughs> no i am the commander of yahweh and you know take off your you know sandals from your feet for your own holy ground so like he and that's yeah. a little bit of a cosmic geography thing too. Um, even going back to the burning bush, it's like wherever you know God yeah, showed yeah. up, He's now there. And yeah. he's like, look at me, I am the captain now. Yeah, exactly. This is, and, this is my turf now. Yeah, he literally <laughs> says like, uh, "No, I'm I'm the captain of the Lord's." Yeah. <laughs> uh, like that meme. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like literally like I I just find this one the coolest thing, but it's also just mm -hmm. very clear in the text that. You have this man showing up in the Old Testament. This man, this angel you see in multiple parts, identified as Yahweh himself and as being worshipped, both with the whole wrestling with Jacob, with this. I mean, it's just all over the place in the Old Testament. And so it's just hard. It's just very clear that God is showing up as a man, as an angel, you know, in, in form and in appearance. In Genesis, Exodus, Joshua, and other parts of the Old Testament. And so Jews are thinking, okay, this is, or Hebrews at the time, there's mm -hmm. something going on here. This is this is God, right? This is God. Right. Do you have anything to add on that? Or no, just that uh, just that bit about the cosmic geography thing that just hit me. I thought that was yeah. kind of interesting. We'll uh, where it's like, episode. yeah, we'll have to talk more in depth about what that means and everything. But essentially, it's um, you know, it just means that different spiritual authorities had their own turf. <laughs> so you know in different countries whatever god or deity they worshipped which was an actual deity and an actual spirit mm -hmm. lesser than yahweh but still in control of the region yeah, that was demons. his turf yeah. demons yeah that was so, that was their turf so uh israel was god's turf but in this case he's uh joshua you know he's going out doing his thing in the conquest and he may not have been on god's turf but once angel showed up he's like take off your shoes you're on holy ground so if it wasn't before it is now <laughs> and same thing yeah. with uh, moses at the burning bush like god was there so now it's his turf so mm -hmm. which that's could be a sermon if you wanted it to be but <laughs> yeah and also the whole idea of the conquest it's not just a uh physical thing but it's a spiritual battle too it's god right. showing his precedence over like he is over the demons like he is yeah. over like the gods of the other nations per se, right? Mm -hmm. He's uh, like even the plagues on Egypt, which will, you know, when they go through Exodus is like it's an attack on their, their, the Egyptian deities, right? Right. Their version of God, right? And, and so that's like, is, like all of the uh, plagues and everything, like you were saying, they were directed at, you know, certain, uh, they're kind of, kind of directed right at Egyptian gods. And they, he pretty much mm -hmm. attacked them all head on, showing that they didn't have control over anything. Exactly. Yeah. 
So, all right. Now you might be thinking, okay, I get it. There's a man, there's an angel in the Old Testament. Uh, well, <laughs> you know, that's that's Yahweh. They're both separate, but the same. And uh, But where does the whole word of God language come in, right? Maybe there was Genesis 1, but I don't get the whole word of the Lord type thing. Jesus saying he's the word. John saying it's the word. Well, turn to 1 Samuel 3. So 1 Samuel chapter 3, uh, verses 1 through 10. Also, I want to point out one comment. Hi, God bless you. God bless you guys. Mike. What's up, Enzo? My brother-in-law. Yes, you as well. You as well. Thank you for joining in. Seeing us all the way from Argentina. See, it is really is worldwide. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. So first Samuel three, one through ten. So the story now the boy Samuel was ministering the Lord in the presence of Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. Hold up. <laughs> Let's just stop right there. Yeah. So the the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Shouldn't it say there was no frequent like like hearing? Mm -hmm. There was no there was no frequent hearing of the Lord. Uh right? You would think that. Yeah. Because you're the, you would think word of the Lord, you say, oh, like that's somebody that's spoken thing, right? But mm -hmm. the word of the Lord in the Old Testament here is apparently associated with seeing a vision. Oh, okay. So, so you think uh, the word of the Lord, we think about like a sermon or something. So mm -hmm. naturally, we probably would think, you know, no, but there wasn't any prophets. There wasn't any teaching on the word or anything mm -hmm. like that. But like you're saying, apparently that's there's something else going on here. Yeah. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. And you might say, okay. That's that's interesting, but um, you know where where does you know is there more proof of this? Um, and you know I'm gonna just paraphrase some of the rest of the story of like you know Eli is uh, you know there and uh, who's the priest of the time and Samuel's mm -hmm. just a boy and Samuel hears a voice you know it says like right here in verse four then the Lord called Samuel and he said here I am and he ran to Eli and said here I am for you called me but he said. Uh, I did not call. Lie down again. <laughs> so he went and lay down. <laughs> it's go like back to bed. Man. Yeah, go back to bed. You're crazy. Like, come on, boy. Like, you're seeing things. Uh, you're hearing things, right? Uh, and so, but then you think, well, actually, no, the word of the Lord is hearing, right? But l let's go further. Mm -hmm. And so he called to Samuel, you know, a second time, and then a third time. And, uh, you know, then finally he's like, Eli, I'm hearing this, you know, this voice. <laughs> and Eli recognized that okay this is might be god speaking to him so eli says mm -hmm. go lie down and if he calls you you shall say speak lord for your servant hears uh so samuel went and lay down in his place and so here we go another time and so he's hearing something and he says and the lord came and stood mm. calling as at other times samuel samuel and samuel said speak for your servant hears then the lord said to samuel behold i am about to do a thing in israel yada 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 Wait a second. The word of the Lord, there's, you know, you see in verse one, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. And all of a sudden, we see in verse 10, and the Lord came and stood. Okay, when have you ever seen uh, letters stand like humans? <laughs> yeah. Like, or or uh, like audio, like non physical things standing. It's, yeah. Exactly. Inanimate objects. Inanimate objects, yeah. You see this go full circle. So yeah. the word of the Lord is associated with visions, 
And then all of a sudden, God calls to him in the word of the Lord. And basically, it says in verse 10, And the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times. Okay. Mm. Uh, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak for your servant here. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I'm about to. So again, this man is mm. Yahweh. It says the Lord, right? Who right. came and stood, he's in bodily form, speaking to Samuel. And it's associated with the word of the Lord. Yeah, it's so one the of those of the subtle Lord. things. Yeah, it's just pretty clear, right? I mean, it's subtle, but when you look at it deeply, it's like, yeah, this is... You're paying attention, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, again, the word of the Lord associated with visions, and here's the man, the word of the Lord, coming and speaking to Samuel. So, Mm-hmm. This is going to cause, again, Jews in the Old, Hebrews in the Old Testament, and then Jews later in the Second Temple period to associate with. Okay, the word of the Lord is associated with the man that comes and, you know, speaks, right? So you have the word of the Lord in flesh, per se, right? Mm-hmm. You have this kind of, you're starting to see this proto-trinitarianism develop in the Bible, in the Hebrew Bible, right, in the Old Testament. Um, and then you can see, you know, why John was saying in the beginning was the word and the word was God and everything back then. And then you're seeing in the Old Testament, the word stood, spoke and all that. So it's, you know, yeah. it's not like he's just making it up. No, yeah, it's straight out of the Old Testament. And let, I mean, just mm-hmm. going back to John 1, 1, not only is he referring to uh, Genesis 1 here, but again, you, the can word. Point, you can point to all the other visions in, in the word of the Lord appearances in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. So just replace word. word with Jesus. So in the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus yeah. was with God, and Jesus was God. Yeah. And he was in the beginning with God, all things made through him. So Yeah. And if we even want to replace it in this passage, right? Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's like and the instead of the word, and Jesus uh was or the visions, you know, the word of mm-hmm. the Lord, Jesus of Yahweh was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. And uh, Yahweh came and stood, calling at his other time. And Jesus came and stood. And Jesus mm-hmm. came and stood and called him at his other times. Um, yeah, I mean, just, you see this, this is what's called in Second Temple Judaism, the two powers in heaven idea, the two powers in heaven uh, theology, which um, is, again, as we're showing, it's pretty evident in the Old Testament. And we're not mm-hmm. even going to get to all the verses, but you just see the word of the Lord's appearing in a vision standing talking to samuel and we just talked about how you know in previously in joshua exodus and genesis so yeah that's uh do you have anything else to add on there uh i don't think so i think we're i think i've okay i think i got it but that's interesting so, when you uh you know like you're saying the word talking about jesus the second power and everything if you just swap out the language it still works because mm-hmm. i mean that's it's just a different word for the same person mm-hmm. so it's really interesting when you read it different because you're used to reading the word did this the word said that and everything that when you replace it with jesus and then you read it that way it's like oh wow that makes that really you know opens your eyes yeah yeah changes the whole vibe if you will yeah so we're <laughs> gonna take a break from, yeah so we're just gonna take a break from scripture for a second and so uh well, what's that? Words? Your Qurans? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not that. No. <laughs> Just imagine if the whole rest of the episode was like, all right, I'll turn you off now. <laughs> Heretics. You were doing so good. 
So we're going to take a break from the Bible here. Let's uh, Scientology. <laughs> oh, man. That would just be, yeah, horrible. That'd be uh, killer. Anyway, what I mean by that is not taking a break of the Bible itself, but we're talking about, okay, how did Jews respond to this? I, these themes in the Old Testament? So Jews, Hebrews are reading this during the Second Temple period, and they're like, okay, you got this two Yahweh figures, separate, distinct kind of language going on. And so how did they, you know, what was their belief? So it's one thing to see it in the Old Testament, but did Jews actually believe this before Christianity? And the answer is yes. And so I have this book for those who are visually watching, looking. Uh, it's by a Jew called The Two Powers in Heaven, uh, which is, you know, by Alan F. Segal. And so Siegel basically is, it's called Early Rabbinic Reports About Christianity and Gnosticism. And one, this is a mm. great book, but this isn't the only thing out there. So this isn't what I'm solely drawing from. Uh, actually, this book doesn't even talk about the scripture references I'm like really referring to at all in this entire episode. This entire book is... Just even more proof. Yeah, it's more proof. This whole book is devoted to, and there's later work. So this is a very old work in the early 1900s. There's been much like greater work academically. Um, and you can see things like um, Benjamin Summers, his book, The Bodies of God. Uh, there's, And I have, if anybody's interested in some of these resources, like these academic peer-reviewed like literature on the subject, just let me know and I can always send it to you. And just um, so you know, that's what we try to go for when we're looking for research. We want to look at real stuff, not, you know, core it's peer reviewed. It's academic. It's mm-hmm. it's not just some dude. Yeah, <laughs> coming up with some. I mean, we also look at that stuff for reference. I mean, so you get all these where these ideas are coming from. You know, sometimes it'll be it might be a blog. It might be um, he might not be a super well established guy, but he might have a good book on a thing. But you know, we try to make sure we find the most reputable sources we can for you guys. Absolutely. And it's not just Wikipedia <laughs> fact <laughs> or fiction stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's not Wikipedia it's- Christianity. No, nope. yeah, hopefully not, right? And so yeah. in this in this case, this book is exploring what Second Temple Jews, before and after Christianity and Gnosticism, were saying about this whole idea of the two powers. So this is a Jew. He's not even a Christian. This is a Jew that is wondering, okay, why is Jewish theology of the Second Temple period different from rabbinic Judaism later? And mm-hmm. there's this idea of this two powers in heaven that seems to be ignored by rabbinic Judaism and later, and especially medieval and Maimonides uh, Judaism and like modern day Judaism that's hyper monotheistic uh, that says, you know, it's not just one God, but it's one God, one person, whereas Christianity is affirming one God, three persons. Uh, but he's saying this, here's a Jew whose academic work is laying it out and saying, here's reports, uh, you know, about this whole two powers in heaven idea from the second temple period and the first and second century. And uh, including Philo. So I don't know if any of you guys know who Philo is. Philo is a Jew before Jesus and also a contemporary with Jesus who is a philosopher. So you have this philosopher from Alexandria, Egypt. Um, And so I think I have his. um, Yeah, he was born in 25 BC. So he was born about 22 years before Jesus was born. He's from Alexandria, Egypt, which, by the way, is one of the big early sources of Christianity that will explode once Christianity makes its way to Egypt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the reasons why it spread out of Alexandria, Egypt so fast is because there were about a million Jews living in Alexandria, Egypt at this time in the first century. So it's very interesting. 
Yeah, so there was a big Jewish community already present in Alexandria, Egypt, including Philo, a very, very famous philosopher. And so here he is before Jesus, right, writing about some of this stuff. And he equates the logos, hear this, the logos as God. Mm. And so here is an excerpt from the book. So I'll read two. Okay. Says, Although we see... We shall see that Philo uses both traditions about different manifestations of God and the traditions about his con con uh, contrasting attributes in his exegetical discussions. The rabbis emphasize the latter and warn, warn against the former. We see how the two different manifestations of God present in Daniel's vision, which we're about to talk about, uh, might trouble the rabbis. It is not too much to suppose that some kind of argument about contrasting manifestations of God in different theophany texts was known to Philo and used by him, but, uh, but that it was later opposed, hear this, later, later opposed by the rabbis who called other people who espoused that kind of argument two powers heretics. So the hmm. whole two powers in heaven was like a word that you, that it was a common Jews, theme. We're, yeah, we're saying that, oh, two powers, they're two powers heretics. The previous Jews, that that's they're part of the two powers heretics, where mm -hmm. you're seeing pre-Jesus, before Jesus, these beliefs about this, what we just read in these Old Testament passages. Uh, oh, hold, hold up. There's this proto-trend, there's this two powers in heaven idea. You've got two Yahweh figures, the same but different, in the Old Testament. And, uh, yeah, and Philo is picking up on this, a, philo a Jewish philosopher before Jesus. And here's another excerpt. It says, "It says some traditions, uh, which become which became part of the two powers controversy, were known by Philo, who used the term second God to describe the logos, mm. <laughs> the Hebrew equivalent to gods or second God was used infrequently by the rabbis as a term of reproach. It did not become the preferred title for the heresy within the rabbinic movement." possibly because of the risk of blasphemy merely in saying it. Uh, and so hmm. the usual rabbinic terminology, two powers in heaven, was standardized at the end of the Tatanic period. can't really say that word. So you have, again, before Jesus, Jewish philosophers like Philo and other many other Jews who are recognizing the distinct nature of Yahweh, right? So there's like... Yahweh, who's one, and it's in the Shema, right? And in the Old Testament, it says the Lord our God is one. So there's one divine essence, one God, right? That's clear. Uh, monotheism is one God. But there's, hold up, but we see two Yahweh figures. We see three, you know, and three if you get, you know, the Spirit, and that's another podcast for another day. Mm -hmm. But you see this whole three and this two powers idea. And Philo himself, before Jesus, talks about the Logos, the, you know, in Greek, the, the logic, the word. Yeah. Saying the logos is God. And that's pretty significant, especially with it being pre Jesus, Jesus coming to yeah. on coming to exactly. earth. Exactly. So I mean, again, this notion that the Trinity is a Christian concept, not a Jewish concept, or this Trinity came later. Uh, I mean, we already debunked the whole it came in Nicaea with the New Testament passages. We right. showed how it's in the Old Testament passages. And then we're showing how Jews in between the old and new testament were saying these same things they're saying that this okay the second yahweh figure the second god if you will like they're the, the same that's yahweh it's that's clear in the old testament god is one but yet 
there's two. <laughs> yeah. You have this God the Father, and yet this manifested in like man or the angel, right? Yahweh, like the Son. Right. And so you say, um, to try to, I guess, not to change the subject completely, but to see, um, just to kind of complete the thought, uh, and you may be going there already. Uh, like you said, there's the Yahweh, there's Jesus, you know, the first and second power in heaven and everything. But what about uh, the Holy Spirit? Did they have any kind of Old Testament second temple slot for the third power or did that uh, come after Jesus? Yes. Uh, I, we don't have time to get into that one with the episode. There are passages okay. like in Zechariah and Isaiah that identify all three powers, okay. like the thought, you know, the, the Yahweh, the angel Yahweh, and the spirit of Yahweh. Like okay. all, there's intertwined, like there is that in the Old Testament as well. Mm -hmm. um, but for the purpose of this episode, we, yeah, we just want to focus it, on the second okay. on Jesus because we're leading into Easter too. It's like the yeah, whole okay. incarnation aspect. Uh, but yes, that there is indication that you believe in, you know, obviously the spirit of God, right? Okay. And that's seen as distinct in the Old Testament as well. But so for listeners, this, there is still, you know, we talk about the Trinity, we keep saying second, but there was a third. We just didn't talk about it yet today. Yeah. And also, okay. the, my t shirt kind of references you will receive power when the Holy yeah. Spirit comes upon you, <laughs> you know, the, and the, kind of tying into themes there. But so, there yeah. So Philo is. And other Jews before Jesus are saying the Logos is the word. The Logos is God. Mm -hmm. And yet you see this two distinct Yahweh figures. And two doesn't powers, and, two and then Logos, when they say, you know, there's the word, Jesus was the word, Logos and all that stuff. Logos is just Greek for word, right? And logic. And so that's a, it's a logic, loaded okay. term. It's okay. a loaded term. So would we just say word in English. And our English, you know, it's, you know, it's very specific because there's 4 million words in English. There's right. less words in ancient languages. So the words themselves carry a lot more meaning to them. Okay. So Jesus is the Logos. Uh, you know, that's a huge statement by John. Again, going back to that statement, like Jews who already believe the Logos is God, they already identifying the Logos as the second Yahweh figure mm -hmm. in the Old Testament that we just read in Old Testament passages. Here comes John who says, in the beginning was the Logos, and the Logos was with God, and the Logos was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were made through him. And then goes on to say that the Logos became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus. Hmm. Like, Jesus came to earth and dwelt yeah. among us. Uh, so, again, this is just tying beautifully. And, I mean, we're going straight into Easter, like the incarnation, yeah. like the death, burial, resurrection. Just know that right. this is a, a fulfillment of of the old testament and second temple jewish thoughts on the subject as well mm -hmm. that they knew about this two powers thing this trinitarian mm -hmm. there were proto-trinitarian ideas about uh yahweh they knew and this so, person was there and they knew that there was that that figure existed and it was a thing it was something they believed in it was part of their belief system and this caused people like saint augustine and people later to say oh wait these old testament like jesus appearing in the old testament that's Proof that well, these people were technically, as he called them, Christians because mm -hmm. they believed in Jesus. The yeah. Old Testament Jews <laughs> believed in Jesus, the, the Logos, the second power. Yeah, they, they just didn't realize it yet. Yeah, and exactly. And so, uh, I mean, that's it's just proof right there that you know, it's at least like uh, the angel of the Lord and stuff. That's all kind of all in the same category as the second power, right? You know, the word. Yeah, the Logos, and I read angel some passages of, of yeah. identifying like Exodus three, the angel of the Lord. Yeah. Okay. And, and, yeah, so they're all it's, it's yeah. there. It's so they're all it's kind of changed. And then like with the um, Jacob slash Israel, 
same kits and angle and everything. So, okay. I follow, I'm following you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this <laughs> stuff is so mind-blowing. It was mind-blowing for me when I really went through this stuff because yeah. it's like, this is very clear, you know. <clears throat> um, you know, the, mm -hmm. the Trinity is, is obvious in the, in the Old Testament and Second Temple Judaism in the New Testament. And then yeah. later affirmed, not created by the Nicene Creed, and later Christians that affirmed this belief at the yeah. three and one. And so with that, we'll go to Daniel 7, the big one, the absolute big one. We've been waiting. You know, we've <laughs> I've shared a lot of Old Testament passages up to this point. And here we go. This is the big we've one been that building it up. Building it up. So and Daniel, you said Daniel 7, right? Yes. So if you guys turn to your Bibles, if anybody's listening to Daniel 7. By the way, is this not making sense to some people out there? I know like we're having a conversation here, but well, there's also an audience there, out there, whether they're listening live or later. Um, is anybody that's live, you guys, you guys picking up on this stuff? You're good. You can comment. And if you're listening to this later while it's not live, uh, there is a Q&A coming up. So keep your question in mind if you're not able to ask it live and we'll go over questions in a couple weeks. Uh, so yep. keep an eye out for that. We're going to do a whole Q&A episode. Um, actually, I can tell you the date of it. It is our Q&A episode will be April 20th. So we'll do a whole episode of just Q&A. That one will be fun. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, all right, Daniel 7. So, oh, we got a comment. Yes, very interesting. Let me see. It is. Lori Williams. Yes, very interesting. Hey, Lori. <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining in. All right. So Daniel 7. So I'm going to paraphrase some of this stuff. So Daniel has a vision. Daniel's a prophet. He has this crazy vision of things that are happening and going to happen in the future, etc. And all of a sudden, you know, he is having this vision that says in verse 9, as I looked, as usually you would in a vision, uh, <laughs> thrones were placed and the ancient of days took his seat. His clothing was white as snow, and his hair of his head like pure wool. This, his throne of fiery flames, its wheels were burning fire. A stream of fire issued and came out from before him. A thousand, thousand served him, and ten thousands times ten thousand stood before him. The court sat in judgment, and the books were open. This also parallels Revelation. Uh, notice also the largest number, uh, you know, in the Jewish kind of word reference in the Hebrew language was ten thousand. Like. Like we say really? millions upon millions. Oh. Uh, well, they would say like 10,000s upon 10,000s because that's what, you know, in the language, they have the word for thousand and then they would just add 10 to like 10,000. But it's like us saying millions and billions and trillions. Hmm. Uh, so it's not necessarily just saying 10, you know. Not a literal 10,000. 10, 10, it's Daniel's way of saying like an there's stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's like there's thousands of thousands serving him, but there's ten thousands upon ten thousands standing before him in judgment. Gotcha. Which, again, just shows you, like, again, the gate is narrow and the way, you know, that whole right. stuff in the New Testament and Revelation. But yeah. Uh, anyway, so you have the Ancient of Days, which is referring to God Himself, right? So you got God, the Ancient of Days, right? Right. That's that's pretty clear. Um, and you know, he looked, he heard a growl great sound with great words etc and then going skipping down to verse 13 he says later so i saw in night visions and behold with the clouds of heaven there came uh one like a son of man 
Oh, okay. That, we've heard that before. Mm-hmm. And behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man, and he came to the ancient of days. So not the same person. Came to the ancient of days and was mm-hmm. presented before him. And to him, you know, the, uh, the, the son of man, was given dominion and glory and a kingdom kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. Like just... And it's interesting that you're bringing up uh, this passage in Daniel 7 because I've been listening to um, one of the podcasts I listen to. Is, uh, it's called the Naked Bible Podcast that is hosted by Dr. Michael Heiser, who is a super highly intelligent um, Old Testament scholar, ancient Near East scholar. And he was doing, he's been doing a series on the Old Testament and Revelation and where um, John draws upon the Old Testament while he's writing uh, Revelation. And he was, uh, came across this in the first couple chapters and was talking about Daniel seven and kind of was going over what you're going over with the, um, you know, the ancient of days language and, um, you know, that kind of thing, how there's distinction there, distinction without a difference, which is why I had said that uh, phrase before as I heard him talking about the same kind of thing. Yeah, and that was the it. phrase he used, and it works. I mean, it's a distinction, but they're not really, you know, they're different. still, yeah. yeah, so. And I have the Faith Life Study Bible here, and so it, uh, one, is <clears throat> referring to the whole wheels of burning fire, it says, um, you know, UFO, fire. right? <laughs> <laughs> it says fire as a motif of divine presence we talked about that with the exodus burning bush thing so you get this again this reference of fire divine presence um and then going down to the son of man language um let's see it says in verse 13 like a son of man was coming it says the aramaic phrase so notice this phrase is written in aramaic in daniel so some parts of daniel is aramaic some parts of daniel is hebrew mm-hmm. so this is the aramaic phrase which again jesus spoke aramaic at the time of his ministry he wasn't speaking hebrew and a lot of i mean he probably knew hebrew but to the people you know galilee you know they spoke aramaic and stuff and so in the first century so he's you know that's interesting in self-connection but it says Mm -hmm. uh the aramaic phrase used here is an idiom that can be translated as one like a human being jesus adopts this phrase as the title son of man so Mm. So Jesus quotes this, and as we'll see, um, going back here to let's see, Mark 16, 60 through 65. I told you we we're going to have a lot of scripture references today. <laughs> so Mark 16, 60. Uh, oh, wait. I think I... Not 60. I think maybe 16. No, wait. It wasn't chapter 16. Which? I put the wrong uh, number. Darn. <laughs> um, here, I'll have, to, I'll have to look at... Oh, wait. Yeah, duh. I know where it is. <laughs> Crucifixion language. Got lost for a second, but I'm getting back on track here. Yeah. Uh, Which chapter is it? Um, 14. I don't know why I put 16. (laughs) (laughs) That's odd. 
right, fourteen, 14 chapter fourteen. Let me even change it on my notes here, so I don't get confused. All right, Mark fourteen, verse sixty through sixty-five. Um, it says here. Hold on, let me check this. Hey, Seth and Chandler. Oh, hi. <laughs> Mucky and Laurie Williams. Hello, hello. So, yeah, you guys on? can comment, and we can always shout you out. Yeah. Put you on here. Um, so verse 60, and the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus. So we're going to, this is leading right into what we're talking about next week with Good Friday and the cross. Yes. Uh, have you no answer to make? You know, so they're condemning Jesus, basically. What is it uh, that these men testify against you? And he remained silent and made no answer. Again, the high priest asked him, are you the Christ, the son of the blessed? And Jesus said, I am, which again, we already know that's kind of a calling back to the language mm, yeah. of deity. He says, I am, and you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of the power and coming with the clouds of heaven. Well, that's yeah. a lot there. <laughs> yeah, and the high priest tore his garments and said, what further witnesses do we need? You have heard this blasphemy. So it's not the blasphemy that so some people think, oh, this is blasphemy because Jews didn't believe in the Trinity or proto-Trinity. This is, no, this is blasphemy because he even refers to the two powers idea. Mm. Notice in Daniel, okay. so he, he's not only quoting the old Daniel 7, but he's also quoting well aware of the second temple Judaism two powers idea. Okay. Because the word power, the, the you know the two powers idea that's not mentioned, it's not evident in Daniel, right? So yeah. he's he's so he's, it's not they're not just mad together. They're not just mad because he's claiming to be, you know, the son of God. He's um, bringing up an idea that was has already been believed, but then there's some issues with it, and then now they're By trying him. to get rid of the idea. Yeah. Well, partly, but. They believe in this idea. The problem is he's identifying himself as God. He's basically saying, I am God. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a problem. So, I yeah. mean, the Jews are like, you saying you're the second power? Yeah. And so, I mean, some people think the Son of Man references his humanity. Well, mm -hmm. yes and no. Like, he's quoting Daniel, which mm -hmm. is what we just read, is given all dominion authority. He's the one, you know, it's like you have the Ancient of Days and Son of Man, both distinct, separate, but the same, who's obviously prophesied. That's a prophecy in Daniel 7 that he's going to come to yeah. earth, right? The one one like a son of man, one like a human is going to mm -hmm. come. And so Jesus says, uh, not only the I am statement, which again kind of refers to his deity, but it says, yeah. and you will see the Son of Man, quoting Daniel, seated at the right hand of the power and purposely the two power idea mm -hmm. and coming with the clouds of heaven which again is in daniel 7 the cloud writer he's the one who's coming on the clouds uh and those who don't know this whole idea of the cloud writer in ancient text is known for is as symbolizing deity so the old testament and the new testament is not the only places we see the cloud writer mm -hmm. uh, if you see Baal. You know, like in the Phoenician cults, like Baal, Baal was known as the cloud rider, the one coming on the clouds. Mm -hmm. And so Daniel's vision is like, no, it's not Baal that's coming on the clouds. It's Yahweh right. who's the ancient days and Jesus or the son of man, uh, Yahweh. And I believe they the used, I believe they used uh, a, a term 
uh, or name a lot like Ancient of Days or like a similar mm-hmm. translation of it uh, for Zeus. And they also referred to him as Most High. So, mm-hmm. you know, like there's like an Ancient of Days name for Zeus. If it wasn't verbatim Ancient of Days, it was pretty much alluding to the same thing. Yeah. And so, as he was like, he's been around forever kind of thing. He's the top dog, he's the Most High. So, whenever you see, you know, those terms used in the Bible about God and about Jesus, you know, that's him give, taking a jab at the, you know, mm-hmm. Greek pantheon, Roman pantheon, and the gods of yeah. their day. Mm-hmm. And just like John is referring to, like in Mark saying the son of God and the Caesars, the, the Roman mm-hmm. leader, rulers before Jesus were known as, oh, the son of God. Like, and so right. this is a huge theological jab. Yeah. Uh, and basically Jesus is saying, I like, like all of this is in reference to deity. The I am statement, the quote of the son of man from Daniel, the two powers, I'm seated at the right hand of the power and the, uh, the idea of being the cloud rider. And you will see the son of man, me coming on the clouds of heaven. Mm-hmm. Like all four of these references are to deity. So Jesus clearly states his deity. He's not like some people saying, oh, Jesus is like saying I'm the son of man. He's just, a, you know, he's being humble there. He's not revealing his deity. He's not, mm-hmm. Jesus never claimed to be God. And I've heard this said, saying that Jesus never claimed to be God. You cannot, if you know the Old Testament and you know mm-hmm. the intertestamental period, second temple period text, and you know the other pagan texts, and you read this, Jesus is 100% Unequivocally, mm-hmm. if he didn't say it before, he he's God. saying it now. Yeah, like not only did his disciples say, like Jesus himself claimed to be God, and mm-hmm. these four references that Jesus says in front of the the um, the trial, right? He's just telling him plain and straight. Yeah, uh, he he, he could have just said, "Yes, I'm the Messiah," because the Messiah means anointed one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went a step further. Because he's not just the Christ. He's not just the anointed one. He's not right. just the, like it says here, the son of the blessed. He is un, like making it 100% clear to them who he is. I am, I am right. Uh, the son of man seated at the right hand. Of, you'll see him, me, right? Seated on the right hand of the power. Right. Coming on the clouds of heaven. Like. It's pretty obvious. Yeah, if you know, like, if you know, the context is everything. Context yeah. is key. And if Jews, you know the, and you know, the Jews living at this time, and the Pharisees and all that, they're very familiar with all these things that he's referring to and referencing to. Thus, so then to, blasphemy. Like, yeah. Oh. So, I mean, this isn't something that they have to go study and think about. This is something that's in their head. They're already, it's there. As soon as he says it, they know it. They see it. So, you know, that's why it's, you know. The Bible study part of it's important, so you can see where all, what, what all this means and where all it's, where all it's coming from. Yeah, because I have heard even some people say it's like, oh, that they, they were upset because Jesus was saying that you know he's the son of the blessed, like he said, like yes, I am, and and that you know this went against their Jewish beliefs of monotheism. Absolutely not. Yeah, <laughs> they believed in the two powers idea. They yeah. were well aware of the two powers idea. Jesus they just didn't said, think he would be the second power. Yeah, and like that's just <laughs> blasphemy for any man to say I am God, and he yeah. unequivocally said, "I am He." Like I am the Son of Man of Daniel seven. I am the Cloud Rider. I am right. the I am, and you know it's just I am the second power in heaven, and thus the name of this episode, episode two, the second power in heaven. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Jesus. It's right. uh, you know, spoiler alert: the second power in heaven is Jesus. <laughs> the two powers idea of Second Temple Judaism is fulfilled in Jesus claiming to be that second power that is evident in the old Testament in the second temple period. 
mm -hmm. Logos, as Philo says before yeah. him, and John identifies I'm the Logos. Uh, you know, yeah. Jesus is the Logos. So very interesting. And the, there's a lot of issues. Uh, part of part of the big issue that they had uh, with Jesus wasn't necessarily just that he was claiming to be the Messiah or the second power. It was based off of their preconceived notions and ideas. And I don't know, this might be too strong a word, but their mm -hmm. um, idea of what the Messiah and what the second power person is going to be like. So that also caused a lot of problems as to why they freaked out and they said he was committing blasphemy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. And so almost wrapping up the whole two powers idea thing, uh, going to uh, Exodus 33.1 real fast. Okay. So Exodus, pull it up here. Again, there's just a lot of scripture today, guys. A lot yeah. of biblical, <laughs> biblical brainstorm for a reason. Right. So 33, uh, one, two, three. Do you, uh, do you want to read it or I can read it this time? Uh, I think I have it here just a second. He said 33. Yep, 33, 1 through 3. All right. <clears throat> and the Lord said to Moses, Go forward, go up hence, thou and thy people, whom thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt, into the land which I swore to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your seed. And I will send at the same time my angel before thy face, and he shall cast out the Amorite and the Hittite and the Perizzite and the Gergesite and the Evite and the Jebusite and the Canaanite. And I will bring thee into a land flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go up with thee, because thou art a stiff-necked people, lest I consume thee by the way. Yeah, so notice a couple things here. God is and again, speaking this to them. Is Septuagint, so if it sounds different to those of you that are reading, you know, it's a, not a common translation. Gotcha, yeah. Um, yeah, I have the ESV here, so I can always point some of the things out, too, that makes it yeah. easier to understand, too. Um, we got but, some good parallels going. Yeah, notice <laughs> the Lord said to Moses, so Yahweh says to Moses, and then you have here uh, him saying, uh, you know, I promised all this stuff, you're going to have Cain and all this, and I will send an angel before you, Mm -hmm. Right, and I will drive out the Canaanites. And well, hold up, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I will send my angel, but I will that will drive them out. But I will drive them out. So again, this again, this two powers idea, like mm -hmm. identification here. Uh, and then notice uh, here, uh, but I will not go up among you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with you and drive them out, but I'm also not going to be with you at the same time. Yeah. So I'm sending my angel that will be with you, but I myself will not be with you, but I will drive them out being the angel. Like this, mm -hmm. again, messenger, not angel being the messenger. My messenger, this this man, man figure, this angelic figure, right? This messenger mm -hmm. will, will go with you, will go before you to help you. And then we pick that up when we see what I just read before with Joshua, the captain of the Lord's host. He shows up. Mm -hmm. The warrior that he promised right here in Exodus 33, we just covered, just showed mm -hmm. up with Joshua to say he will be with him. He's the captain of the Lord's host. That he's the Lord, but he's like the Lord is not with them, but with them. Like he's separating, but so, like, we, so we have the same language talking about the same person and the same idea in two different places, at least. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this so is that's, again, 
So it's not just one idea that is just in one random verse. It's something that's throughout the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. We're going to like double confirming, triple confirming. I mean, if you guys have not seen from all these scripture references in the Old Testament, this is a clear, like, Mm -hmm. pretty clear idea so far. Um, Yeah, I mean, just like you. So God is with them, like an angel. The angel, he's driving them out, but like he's saying, I'm here. Uh, mm-hmm. But I will not go up among you, lest I consume you on the way, for you are stiff-necked people. So it's talking about God's holiness. It's kind of like what he says to Moses, like, you can't see my face, because if you saw my face, you would you would die. But yet, then it talks about Moses appearing and, like, talking to God face-to-face. So it's like, yeah. again, you have this, this like, human You can't see my face, but you can see my face. Yeah. <laughs> so again, <laughs> it's referring to this, these, this two powers idea, like I said, that's... Yeah. Evident in, in Second Temple Judaism, they're seeing these Old Testament passages, numerous passages, even some that many that we haven't even talked about today, mm-hmm. or have time to. Just again, evident that the Jews believed in the Second Temple period this idea of the Trinity, or at least at the very least, the idea of the two powers in heaven, this proto Trinitarianism. And of course, like I said, the Spirit of God is also in that, which maybe a later episode can cover a whole thing on the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. But yeah, um, you know, this is obvious in the text. And so notice also, it's not just us saying this, but Jude says, and if you guys have Jude, or I can just quote it here, uh, it says, Jesus, so notice says, Jesus who saved the people out of the land of Egypt afterwards destroyed those who did not believe. Mm -hmm. So Jude himself in the New Testament identifies this angel of Yahweh who says, I'm Yahweh, I'll drive him out, but yet I'm not going, you know, this whole Exodus 33 thing. Uh, Jude says that's Jesus. So again, yeah. just triple confirming. That's a good point. Uh, so I mean, it's very, very clear that the New Testament and you know, the Old Testament—they're on the same wavelength. And he just and he shows that he knew it because he said, you know, to remind you, although you already know this, Jesus yeah. was the one. You know. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. So, points that well, out. <laughs> it's kind of obvious. I didn't even notice that part. Yeah, that's that's yeah. a great observation too uh let me see if i can pull it up right here because um, and this is out of just i'm reading the esv for my new testament stuff but um <laughs> yeah it said now I, and that's just in verse five of jude now i want to remind you although you once, once fully, fully knew, knew it, it. Exactly. that jesus who saved a people out of the land Egypt afterwards for those who do not believe so you he's like you know this already jesus was the one that did it and mind that's like they that's already something they yeah, and it's, talking it's not to, a new idea. Talking to Jewish Christians as well, because yeah. the half brother of Jesus, the brother of James, uh, which he says here, even uh, you know, and brother of James. Uh, yep. So, this is talking to Jewish Christians. It's like, oh, you know, now I want to remind you, although you once fully knew it, mm-hmm. like this whole idea of in the Old Testament, like the logos, the second power, and Jesus in the Old Testament, it's evident, right? Uh, He's pointing out Jesus, Jesus, who saved the people of the land of Egypt. It wasn't just it wasn't the angel. It wasn't just you know Yahweh. It's, oh, that's that Yahweh figure, mm-hmm. the second power. That's Jesus, Jesus, who saved the people of the land of Egypt. Afterwards, destroyed those who did not believe in the desert and the wilderness. So, yeah, yeah just boom. Mic <laughs> <And> drop. <laughs> mic drop there. And last two verses. Again, I've been crazy with verses today. Just to. That's good. Bring this full circle, full circle from Genesis to Revelation. Let's go back to the first bodily appearance of the second Yahweh figure in Genesis. To Genesis, uh, 
I think it's 3 8. Oh, wait. Maybe. Yep, Genesis 3 8. Uh, yep. You want to read it? Yep. Yeah, I'll grab it. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> Genesis 3 8. And the eyes of both were opened, and they perceived that they were naked, and they sewed, sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons uh, to go around them. And they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the afternoon. And both Adam and his wife hid themselves from the face of the Lord in the midst of the trees of the garden. And I mean, the Lord, but, draw your verse ten. Uh, if you want, yeah. Okay. I mean that that was pretty much it, though. Yeah. Yeah. And the Lord called to Abraham and said, "Abraham, where art thou?" And he said, uh, "Heard you walking, so we hid ourselves." So yeah, there you go. <laughs> but they yeah, heard God right. walking, and He was walking. So. Yeah. Uh, you glitched out for a second there. So Hopefully, that's not on my screen. Oh, um, okay. Well, I was just saying it's so you know, Adam said he heard God walking, and it said God was walking. So, like you okay. were saying, I thought you said you know, Abraham for physical. a second. So I was like, oh, oh, Adam. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, good. So yeah, notice this from the first appearance. So it is Jesus who is in the garden with them. Mm -hmm. So it says, uh, you know, they obviously were walking in the garden, but the Lord God. Oh, actually, no, I backtracked a little bit. And they heard the sound of the Lord God, Yahweh Elohim, right? Mm -hmm. Walking, okay, walking in the garden. Yeah. In the cool of day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence, which again is also referred to face, which your translation says face, mine says presence. The face of the Lord or the presence of the Lord from among the trees of the garden. It's mm -hmm. just, again, full circle. And let's bring this home here. Full circle from Genesis to Revelation with this, again, with this two powers idea of both, you know, Yahweh, you know, the, God the Father and God the Son. Yeah. Uh, Revelation, uh, verse 21 to 22. Yeah, I mean, twenty chapter 21, verse 22. Um, and I'll read it here. It says, And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And who's the Lamb? Jesus. <laughs> the right answer in Sunday school. It's like, Jesus. <laughs> what, what's, the answer? Say, what's the answer? What's the right answer? Jesus? Can you say <laughs> Jesus? Good <Yeah>. job. <laughs> and this is where we insert the quote from John the Baptist. When he sees Jesus, he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And so yeah. thus we are redeemed in heaven in this future state of revelation. And we have the God, Lord God Almighty and the Lamb sitting there. Again, separate but the same. Like you have, again, bringing home this idea of this two powers yeah. in heaven. Like we are restored to Yahweh from Genesis to Revelation. Jesus, yeah. Jesus from Genesis to Jesus in Revelation, the one who was with us in paradise. We sinned. You know, things were bad. He reconciled us, which we'll talk about next week with the cross. Good tie-in mm -hmm. plug. Right. The cross. And also talking about the sacrificial lamb. Seth's bringing out a lot of, you know, some Levitical stuff with that too. Uh, and it'll be, it'll be so good. Next episode is going to be so good. And then ending with the, uh, the final state, we're back in paradise. So from paradise to paradise, Genesis to Revelation, we're with God and Jesus. Yeah. So it'll thing. finally be back how it's supposed to be. Yeah. 
So yeah, that's interesting. I didn't uh, pick that up before with the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the Lamb. Yeah. yeah. The, again, the two powers in heaven. Yep. Boom. <laughs> Just there it is. There it is. The two powers <laughs> in heaven. And uh, yeah, so when people think, try to tell you that uh, the Trinity is um, later mentioned pagan. I mean, you just, hopefully you've gotten something out of this from the Old Testament to the intertestamental period to the New Testament to the Nicene Creed. Very, 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 very clear that it is just a thread that pulls it all together. Yeah. The two powers in heaven. Also, just on a side note, even if we didn't have all this evidence, the very idea that, uh, which just to debunk already, that this idea of the Trinity is a European or Celtic idea or a pagan idea, uh, is already debunked by the very fact that those who defended the Trinity the most in the early church were from Africa, uh, <laughs> Athanasius and Tertullian. Tertullian himself is the one who coined the term Trinity. Mm. And so, like, the very yeah. defenders of the Trinity themselves were not from Europe at all. They were from Africa. <laughs> and so, <laughs> that, like, this whole thing about, oh, it's a Celtic idea, it's a European, yeah. it's a pagan idea. It's like, no, those who were... It's pretty British, far distance. Yeah, I mean, you have... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just not... There's no actual origin with the Trinity in any type of European pagan. Yeah. Anything. And like just, we talked about last week with um, St. Patrick... You know, there was that the story that he used the three leaf clover to describe the Trinity, meaning it was already a belief, and he was just illustrating it to them. Yes. Yeah. So it's not that he made it up, he or that it was made up there, because mm-hmm. you know he was one of the first people to. I guess um, the Trinity there. Yeah, evangelize um, Ireland, mm-hmm. and you know he used something that was already there as an example for something that was already believed and taught. So. Yeah. There's that too. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so, yeah. All right. Well, we're running out of time here. It is almost at the two hour mark. <laughs> uh, we definitely talked way more about this stuff than we thought. Um, yeah. we but it's have, good, though. Yeah. And uh, I'll just, we'll, we'll just end on this. I'll go through this very quickly and then I'll have Seth end with, uh, you know, going into Leviticus and, uh, yeah. you know, promoting the next week's episode that I hope you guys are, will be a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was not just the two powers of heaven, which we talked about this entire episode, but Jesus also fulfilled other things in the old Testament. He was very clearly the Messiah who fulfilled prophecy and he identified himself as such. And so some of the examples of messianic fulfillment, uh, can be seen in, um, Isaiah's prophecy in seven fourteen, mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I have it here. So, yeah. Oh, actually, I had this. I could. I didn't even have to read it from there. I could have just pulled it up. And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God and the Lamb. The Lamb in caps, obviously referring to the name, you know, the name, right? The person. Um, and I had the Genesis. I completely forgot that too. <laughs> yeah, um, that's good. <laughs> anyway, so Isaiah seven fourteen. Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Okay. Um, also, just for reference, uh, some people point out, well, this isn't the only word for virgin. This could refer to just a young woman. This is a, a loaded term that's not only just saying somebody who is a virgin, because there's another word for that in Hebrew, just referring to somebody's virginity. Mm-hmm. Um, which, let me see if I can find the word here. It is... Da, 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 da. 
uh, Batula. Okay, Batula referring to somebody who's just uh, male or female, like virginity itself. But it uses the term, um, let me pull it up here, um, Alma. So the, and it says here in the study Bible, the Hebrew term here, Alma, in, indicates specifically a young woman of marriageable age. In the ancient world, a young unmarried woman who had reached puberty could uh, reasonably be assumed to be a virgin because of the close social and familiar restrictions on her activities. So, hmm. um, not only, and there's other sources as well that kind of show uh, that this word is, uh, and you can look at Dr. Michael Brown's stuff. He also mm. touches on this specific issue uh, because people will kind of come against that and say say things. Well, it's not a virgin. Well, it's like, yes, it's pretty clearly talking about a virgin, but it's a loaded term that's not only just referring to a virgin, but it's specifically this word in Hebrew referring to a young girl who's a virgin. So yeah. It's a loaded. It's being very specific, not just somebody who is a virgin. They're behold the virgin shall conceive, but a young maiden, a young virgin girl, uh, like teenager. That's you know that's why we know like Mary right. was like a teenager when she had Jesus, uh, and she calls him Emmanuel. Just double mm -hmm. confirming again the circumstances of Jesus fulfilling that in the virgin birth. Yeah. Um, more scripture references, Malachi four two, but. For you who fear my name, again, my name, presence, Jesus is the name, he's the branch, right? Uh, the son of righteousness, again, it's using the son as the actual, like, the soul, the son. Mm -hmm. um, taking with the ancient Near Eastern concepts of, like, you know, there's a lot of parallels there. So, son yeah. of righteousness, linking that to his audience, shall rise with healing in its wings. Uh, you shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. And so... It's interesting when we talk about the woman with the issue with blood, and maybe we can flesh this out in a future episode more. Yeah. But with, uh, you know, Jesus, uh, Talit. Yep. With the wings, and mm -hmm. the hem, the hem, If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, was it that she just had faith in her faith? No, she had faith that he was the Messiah because of this prophecy. Yeah. And I wish. You, my name. I wish I had my. Uh, Talit with me. I have one, but I think I have it in my other book bag at home. But, but yeah, that's uh, it's one of the big verses for that. Um, when people yeah, talk about Pershaw's Talits and everything, it wasn't just she. She just Pershaw's. wanted to touch his shirt. You know, it wasn't just his coat. <laughs> if I could just, like, touch, just touch his uh, denim jacket here, I'll be. You know, it's uh, there was a reason why she said she if she could just touch it. One, it was faith, and she believed. Two, she believed he was the Messiah. But there is also you know, the teaching and the belief and the symbolism of the Talit, what that means. And the, um, you know, there's a lot the of symbolism. Yeah. Cause it comes, if, like I said, if I wish I had it so I could demonstrate, but it comes across your back and some of them go the length of your body. Some of them just cover your arms and your shoulders, but that's what the wings symbolizes the wings from the Talit. And what she was grabbing on was that, but the way, but the one way that the Jews wore it at the time was it was almost like a um, a poncho, so it was it was something that they wore under their clothes, so she could see it, you know, hanging out from under his whatever he was wearing, or it was just on him. But yeah, yeah, we can get into so. the significance in a future episode of all the specific things with the tweet, yeah. which is so crazy. There's so many. Like, oh yeah, I have a, actually have a book on it where a Rabbi talked about it, and it was really interesting. That's yeah, we'll have to bring that out someday too. Yeah. 
It's a good idea. I never thought. But the point is, with this, is Jesus fulfilling that as the Messiah, saying that Mm -hmm. he will have healing in his wings. And so Mm -hmm. the lady who touched the hem of his garment, that you know, like. And this was written before Jesus, so she must have knew that. Yeah, and she was, you know, again in Israel. So Mm -hmm. this is this is the whole this common you know knowledge here. Yeah. Uh, And she was healed as a result. I mean, that's pretty obvious there. So um, yeah, I mean, that's that's uh, just. His fulfillment of there, and then last thing I have, and then I'll hand it over to you, uh, Seth. Um, okay. That uh, the Mark and um, Matthew and the Gospels in general, obviously show Jesus fulfilling these Old Testament prophecies. We showed that with the second two powers thing, with the I Am statements, with the God, you know, the Son of Man, all that, uh, and just from these verses. But there's also strict, purposeful parallels uh, to kind of what was happening with Israel's life and, you know, Israel being the son, God's son, whereas Jesus is God's son. Yeah. And so part of this is John references Genesis and parallels Genesis a lot. And we see this one with the whole Genesis one and John one and the beginning of the word where it was with God, the light, you know, and you see this in first John as well, this whole light darkness parallel and all mm-hmm. of this stuff with Jesus bringing the new creation with John. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't have time to read all that stuff again. That could be a future episode as well. But uh, I wanted to show Mark here, mm-hmm. which is pretty interesting because the life of Israel and the life of Jesus in Mark is very, very similar. And uh, one, we see him. Let's go back here. Um, yeah. So he starts his ministry in Mark with the baptism and Israel began its journey with the exodus and so there's a lot of things with even if you go to john 3 the in second temple judaism the exodus being seen as being born of water so Mm. when jesus talks about you know like being born of water and of you know yeah flesh that that whole thing right so israel is and we can get into that deeper in future episodes but the whole idea of the exodus being the birth of israel out of egypt and so the Exodus, the parting of the Red Sea, or the Sea of Reeds, if you want to get technical in Hebrew. Uh, <laughs> we, we're going through our Exodus series one day, guys. I'm so excited to go to Genesis and Exodus. In English, uh, we just forgot one of the E's, and when, now we call it the Red Sea. <laughs> well, they're both, yeah, they're both, there's truth yeah, both yeah. of it. So, um, it, like, it's the Red Sea, but it isn't the Red Sea. Yes. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we'll, we're, yeah. you know, spoiler alert. We'll touch that in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, Israel's journey starts with the Exodus as God's son and Jesus in Mark starts his ministry with the baptism. And what does he say? The voice from heaven, you know, which uh, says, and like, it's also recorded in Luke, which I'll pull this back up. Uh, you know, you are my beloved son with you. I am well pleased. And it says the same thing in Mark. Uh, this is how Jesus starts his ministry and is saying, you are my beloved son. Uh, same thing paralleling with Exodus. Mm. Uh, and then guess what happens right after the so right after the exodus and here i'll ask you Seth. okay right after the exodus what happens with israel they go into uh the wilderness for a little while yep and how long exactly 40 years 40 years okay mm-hmm. what happens in mark right after the baptism of jesus and the Gee, spirit he goes and, into a wilderness doesn't he? oh yes <laughs> and the spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness and he was in the wilderness 40 days is there a coincidence there 
Yeah, I being so. tempted, being <laughs> tempted by Satan, and he was with wild the wild animals, and the angels were ministering to him again. Mm. Like, yeah, this is very clearly, <laughs> very clearly, Mark is portraying Jesus as God's son, like just as mm-hmm. Israel, like. Uh, you know, you have Jesus' baptism. I guess the first thing he does, go into the wilderness to be tempted for 40 days, just like Israel for 40 years in the wilderness. And then where does he go right after that? Into the promised land. He calls his disciples. Mm-hmm. That's pretty interesting when you make those you know, parallels with it and everything. Yeah, and you see Jesus being what Israel wasn't. So everywhere that Israel failed, throughout the gospels, both in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, as you're seeing this, like, you know, and this is just one instance, um, but you're going to see this throughout the gospels. Everywhere where Israel failed, Jesus succeeds and fulfills. Mm. And one by one, just even in this ministry, he's just like, oh, the, you know, baptism, yep, the and the exodus, you know, and then they complained, you know, they failed the temptation in the wilderness, they complained, and you know, all this, they were complaining for food. We're starving. Yeah. We need manna. And what is, I mean, even Satan's like, oh, why don't you just call, turn this rock into uh, bread? Mm-hmm. I mean, notice Moses, after the complaining, had to turn the rock into water and you have yeah. manna falling from heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's like Jesus was thirsty, hungry. But where Israel failed, Jesus succeeded and yeah. fulfilled. Um, and that's so that's. That's Genesis. That's Exodus, and then I'll, I guess I'll hand it to you here with the Leviticus, which will spoil, which will tease our next mm-hmm. uh, episode with the whole Levitical stuff and the sacrificial stuff with Good Friday. So with the um, Good Friday coming up, you know that's when you know symbolically we represent or celebrate, commemorate whatever word you want to use, <laughs> Jesus being crucified and then dying. And he, or well, gives up the ghost and uh, all that. But <clears throat> the the Levitical stuff, the Passover stuff, um, you know, the Levitical law, you know, there's a lot of debate over that. We'll get to that, you know, probably at some point and talk about, you know, what that's Next all week. about. But yeah. So like, um, you know, the, the whole point of the law was to show not that God was some mean jerk and he was trying to make our lives miserable but to show our just our natural shortcomings as humans and natural shortcomings because we exist and why we need god's help and god's um covering and with the animal sacrifices and everything that was a temporary fix but it wasn't a perfect fix so it was showing our inability to redeem ourselves and showing that there's only one sacrifice. So, you know, that's where, you know, they had the lambs, the sacrifice of the lambs for the Passover. Um, you know, Jesus is called the lamb of God. You know, there's particular reasons why he's called the lamb. And there's a lot of parallels and a lot of specific Passover law and, and um, ritual that Jesus fulfilled. And there's things that he did that he would do. Uh, to a lamb or there's ways that he was treated that a lamb was treated in the Passover sacrifice. So that's the revelation we just read in the lamb. Yeah. 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 And he, so there was, you know, the big thing with the Leviticus, like I said, it's, it's not that God was being a jerk saying he can't eat shrimp 
or you can't eat shellfish or you can you can only eat this kind of meat because I'm being difficult or, you know, when natural things happen to a man or a woman's body as far as this or whatever natural things that just it happens. You know, it's not showing that uh, it's not like I said, not Jesus and God being jerk. It's showing our natural shortcomings and why we need, you know, God to save us, God to redeem us. So that is, you know, with the sacrifice and everything, it shows, you know, why he was the perfect sacrifice to cover all of that because he came and was one of us and lived as a human. So he, it's not like he was some God that doesn't understand his creation. You know, he understands us like in Gen or um, in Hebrews when he talks about, you know, we don't have a high priest that can't relate with us. Yeah. <laughs> so it's um so I'm trying to be careful not to get too much into it so that we don't run out of spoil too much content but the gist of it is is you know Jesus was the lamb that was needed in Levitical time and for the Passover celebration because um you know the stronger or the more specific reference is the day of atonement when they sacrificed you know they had the scapegoat and then they had the lamb and all that stuff um like I said I don't want to dig too much into that but it's really interesting how jesus and barabbas mirror that um ritual the scapegoat the lamb um even the way jesus was handled and tried by the pharisees and just the way he was questioned the way he responded and didn't respond uh the way he was mocked physically abused um you know all that kind of stuff you know that was in place for a reason. And then Jesus came and fulfilled that as the perfect lamb for our sin, because an animal can't cover our sin. You know, it has to be, you know, for a person, then, you know, we would need something higher than that and not just a random person, but God has to be the one to redeem us. So we're going to get into that um, next week. I know it's will be after good Friday. I think Want it will be after it's the week of, okay. So it's the week of. Good yeah, Friday. Yeah, so, yeah. So we'll be talking about it leading up. Yeah. So we'll be talking about it leading up to um, Good Friday. But yeah, so it's talking about how Jesus fulfilled those Passover rituals, uh, Levitical law and rituals and that kind of thing. But it's showing how, like Chandler explained with the um, second power analogies, the Trinity and that kind of stuff. It's And then even with Micah and the healing in his wings and, you know, you know, those verses, it just, it goes same kind of thing, um, showing how Jesus fulfilled all this stuff and talk, we'll probably talk a little bit about why he was resisted so much by the Pharisees and the, you know, the Sanhedrin and all that stuff Mm -hmm. and the misconceptions as to what they thought the Messiah was and what he would be. And, you know, all that stuff mixed together because it probably is confusing. I know before I, got older and dug into it as confused as to why they just treated him so badly and why they just didn't understand what he was or who he was. But then yeah. when you really dig into it, you understand you can't, you can easier understand their point of view um, as to why, I mean, they, they of all people should have known who he was, but they were too preoccupied with other things to see it. So, yeah, that's a good, like, uh, thing to point out because like i said that well they weren't they didn't have a problem in this episode with uh 
the Trinity. And so why did they mm -hmm. not believe in Jesus as, you know, saying it's blasphemous that he's the second power? Mm -hmm. um, because, well, one, like you were pointing out, spoiler alert for next week, uh, there was, oh, I thought I heard an alarm. Uh, anyways, there was, uh, <laughs> spoiler alert. Oh, there it is. <laughs> That's just the alarm for the spoiler alert. Yeah, okay. It's like, stop, don't say anything. <laughs> I know. Um, anyway, so it's spoiler that um, the Pharisees didn't believe in him as the second power specifically because while well, they had certain notions and ideas of what the Messiah would be, that Jesus didn't mm -hmm. necessarily meet their expectations, which Seth's getting at, and you'll talk about next week too. So. Yeah. So we'll get into all that good stuff leading up to the, you know, it's a good time to you know start a podcast because it's a lot of good content yeah. with easter and everything specifically easter. so but yeah second so, second power in heaven what's up i'll say i'm looking more we need rules oh. when you said the the whole rule, oh yeah rule thing yeah and that is true there's there's freedom in boundaries uh or freedom in um uh i can't remember the phrase but it's good to have you know there's certain things boundaries that need to be there for mm -hmm. sure and then Some, you know some limitations are actually freedom. It's like a seatbelt yeah. is keeping you from dying. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, there's there's been studies done where with like their diet restrictions for Levitical law and everything that, mm -hmm. you know, really that's a pretty good way to eat. It's a pretty good diet to be on. Yeah. <laughs> it keeps you keeps I'm you so pretty healthy. What's so and maybe we'll get into this next week and we'll we'll end it soon because we're already kind of past the two hour mark. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it is interesting that on a side note how so many people criticize Levitical law and like mm -hmm. oh, we're not under the law and dietary stuff, which technically it's not salvific, right? We're not under the law. Right, yeah. But at the same time, all of these kind of like, uh, I wouldn't say like, I guess atheistic or especially it's more in the younger generation, the exercise generation, I guess even mm -hmm. a little too, where they're like all for diets and like, don't eat meat, vegan, <laughs> vegetarian. All this. And it's like, yeah. But yet you hate the Bible. It's like yeah. literally like giving you this kind of diet that you're advocating for. And yet yeah. you're like going to say, oh, I don't like the Old Testament and mm -hmm. dietary laws. But then out of the same breath, you're like, you know, vegan. Oh, <laughs> ve yeah. It's like this is, <laughs> this is the healthiest diet. This is what man is meant to, uh, you know, oh, eat. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, do I have news for you? Read the Bible. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah, there's God's, a diet, there's a diet plan in Leviticus too. Yeah, God had a plan for diet too. Well, yeah, you know, that's the same thing that you're. How lose How lose weight in three easy steps? Yeah. <laughs> that's in the Message Bible. All right. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> any uh, Any last comments? Questions? Um, not really. I think we've pretty much covered it. You know that second power thing. Like you were uh, just to kind of clarify in case anyone joined late for that, and just to wrap it all up. You know, it's not saying that there's only two powers. It's just we were focusing on the second out of the three and the second being Jesus. And, um, you know, we don't want to give up all of our content for Good Friday. But, um, you know, we talked about how he's established in heaven as the second power and then why we'll then talk next week about what he has to do as that second power to help us, you know, uh, regain our proper relationship get back to that eden you know mm -hmm. get back to the eden way of things so reconciliation yeah oh, man, so that'll be nice. good that'll be fun all right well uh just as a reminder make sure you like share yeah check us out on instagram follow us on instagram comment, 
Spotify. YouTube. We're all over the place now. Um, again, like if, if you benefit in any way from this, again, I'm, I'm like, it's our goal. Like anything's a win. Like even yeah. anybody listening now, like I said, if we have five to 10 people regularly listening by the end of the year, say that's a huge win because yeah. we're, we're just trying to have our own conversations about this stuff already and mm-hmm. have you guys join in and be a benefit to you. And it's like a ministry as well. And so, uh, mm-hmm. if you, if you you like the content and you just like feel like other people need to or want to listen to this kind of stuff that this deeper mm-hmm. diving stuff with the bible uh with you know like biblical brainstorm and what we're yeah. tackling these <laughs> ideas and issues uh then please you know put us out there just share it and talk to people about it let's yeah. you know like listen uh promote yeah um, we don't get know. money from it if you promote it or ask a friend yeah. to watch or invite a friend to watch it's yeah, not no. like we're we're asking you to do it because we want money and you know, we're not getting money for any of it <laughs> it's just yeah, and, you know to try to help people and there's no ulterior motives either this is really just to, yeah. like people have told us over the years do this and, and yeah yeah if you want to if you want to know our vision for this whole thing check out the first episode that was the whole yep. intro and casting but yeah um, that's that we'll see you guys next week uh for good friday and the cross That'll be good stuff. That'll be good. Exciting stuff. All right. See you guys. Thank you, guys.